On this episode of Star Wars Time Show, the guys are left with a mostly bare cupboard of Star Wars news and rumors. So after talking about a potential convention-exclusive Black Series release, they talk smack about a ridiculous article on the Age of Resistance trilogy. Speaking of Disney's trilogy, the guys opt for a top good and bad moment segment on it thanks to the lack of real-world topics. So it's time to have fun with crapping on other people's opinions. Fear not, the fan segment still takes takes place with an update on the chosen name for our superfans and the battle of the non-forced users bracket. Of course, the dudes will close with this week's edition of the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. Cue the music. <laughs> Alright, hold on dude, I'm going to have to do the intro soon. <laughs> everybody welcome back to a brand new episode of the star wars time show yes we're here even though there is hardly anything to talk about there's nothing there's nothing there is a star wars news rumor whatever you want to call it black hole going on right now but we're still here we're smiling we're gonna do something Something being the key word. We don't know if it's going to be a show, but we will be doing something. We've got some people in the live chat, and these days we can officially call them their new name as voted by the super fans. I get we'll, we'll save that for later, Nick. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want yeah, to spoil the segment. Let's, let's wait until more people <laughs> filter in, but right, you can right. already see Rust Belt Collector. Has- oh, yeah, he, he knows he knows the name. Spencer's <laughs> greeting us with the old name, the old hey assholes. There's Cryo. We'll talk about you, buddy. He's in there. He's ready to yell at us for doing something that we didn't do to make him feel special. Because that's who our super fans are. They're just in here to be stroked. They're ego strokers. They're just not stroking my ego. That's how this show works. Stroke me, not yourselves. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So anyways, we're here. Uh, as you heard from the announcer, there, there really is nothing going on. I mean, we're going to talk about a, a rumor here. StarWars.com just dropped something official that we're going to riff on. We're going to make fun of a stupid-ass site for posting one of the most ridiculous bits of fan fiction in terms of rumors about Disney Star Wars. Oh, yeah. uh, we're going to do the fan segment. We're going to talk about Nick's life. You never know it. We're going to talk <laughs> about our new shirts. Uh, so let's get into it, man. Uh, yeah. I want to start with Nick. Yeah, (laughs) this is kind of becoming like our opening segment these days, like checking in with our buddy Nick and uh, believe it or not, uh, things have actually (laughs) gotten even more dire for our good friend down in Austin, Texas. Um, He's essentially living with someone that is in self isolation at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) this poor (laughs) bastard. No job. His woman's locked up now because of potentially contracting the virus. So, I mean, the, it, it just doesn't get better for young Nick. It is literally a, a hellscape. But, I mean, we're persisting <laughs> through. So, you know, we're going to have a, a COVID test on Wednesday. We're going oh, no. to see what's happening there. And then, you know, as of now... You know, we we had plans to to kind of go on a, a mini vacation. Yeah, you were leaving, right? I mean, you were yeah. at least going back to the the homeland, or yeah. you're going somewhere to spread your COVID outside of Austin. But now, yeah. that, was that 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 canceled? 
We it may be we're awaiting the results of the test and then we'll see what happens. But it's definitely <laughs> still no jobs. And then now we have this whole situation happening here. Right. But I mean, luckily, you know, the the person that she was hanging out with already got tested and they came back negative. So hopefully that's a that's a continuation. Well, that's uh, if anything, it, it is a stark reminder that this shit is real. Uh, we kind of have our little COVID talk every time we're on the cast here. Unfortunately, I don't think those who uh, need talking to about COVID actually listen to our show because if they did, they'd hate us because yeah. they think we're a bunch of Kool-Aid drinking science loving idiots. Yeah, that's right. We believe in science fucking shoot us. <laughs> right. But, uh, okay. one, one positive thing that, that both Matt and I have to talk about is that we, uh, were, were gifted some amazing yes. merchandise from our, from our good friend. Look at my man titties snaps. in this thing. So I'm going to stand up. I'll, I'll give you a, a look at my shirt, Matt. Yeah, yeah. So why Nick's smiling? This comes from our friend and community member, Action Figure Snaps, a.k.a. Adrian Belgar. Uh, homeboy reached out through Instagram, right, Nick? DM'd yes. us and said, hey, I work for a t-shirt printing company. Mad Engine, I believe, is the, the name of the company. I don't know if we were supposed to say that. Mm. Uh, I don't know if they want to be associated with us or if Adrian's going to get uh, shot for giving us some <laughs> swag from Mad Engine. But he said they just got a uh, license to print Star Wars stuff and he wanted to send us a shirt. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool. It'd be a shirt. I could always wear a shirt. I mean, Nick, it's like he, he sent half the fucking store, bro. Yeah, like he loaded us down. I don't know if that's like every shirt that they're yeah. licensed to print. I mean, but here's mine. And, and and yes, I, I do wear schmedium, a smaller bust. You'll never catch me in anything different. <laughs> there is a reason for that. I am a uh, relatively, I'm not, it's not even relative. I am a short male, clocking at about 5'6". Don't even make the average height for Americans. And the other thing is, uh, you know, I'm a little stocky. See, I, I work out, see these things, muscles and stuff. <laughs> so I'm a little thick through here. And that, that's always caused a dilemma for wearing clothes, pants and shirts in particular. Pants <laughs> always look like I'm preparing for, uh, you know, a flood or something. I got a bunch of extra material that I either have to roll up or cut. Where shirts, you know, I probably should wear medium. Let's let's be real. I mean, I look like a little bit like I'm a sausage in this shirt. <laughs> But uh, when you're short and stocky, if you wear a medium shirt, the shirt tails or, the, you know, the bottom of the shirt will go down to like your dick. And if you're a guy, it, it kind of makes you look like an ass wipe. Yeah, you really you either have to like roll it or tuck it. So yeah, and, and tucking then, in T-shirts, you are a fucking ass wipe. OK, if you tuck yeah. in a T-shirt, you're a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, the, the good thing about these is that they're one, they're all high quality shirts. They're 100 percent cotton. So you'll get a little bit of shrinkage in. Oh, the great. <laughs> great. Because look, at, look how this one fits now. <laughs> I went with the large because while Matt's Matt's is a schmedium, I'm like in between. I'm like a medium large. I'm in between those two, and I skew like I tend to just go large because I know that eventually the shirt will shrink or I'll fuck up the wash and I'll shrink it too much. So these these came in at a pretty good fit for me. Um, oh yeah, yours like, like the, the largest so dude. Many, like it, the it would be designs. a moo moo on me. It would be a moo moo or, yeah, or a tent. <laughs> 
You could wear, yeah, you could wear it and it would, you could just wear a shirt and you wouldn't have to wear anything else if you got the large. Like, yeah, well, I, I kind of stepped on Nick, but what he was saying is like Adrian sent us so many different prints. I'm assuming we, we got the same kit. If not, I want exactly what Nick has. <laughs> uh, but the other thing, I mean, here's here's what makes Adrian. I mean, he, he's just moved up into like the top five yeah. of, of SWTS fans at this point. Uh, because he showered us with gifts. It's not hard. I mean, if you flatter me especially, you will be honored within the halls of the Star Wars Time Show legendary fans. Uh, but Homeboy, like he he knows enough about the show and he's listened enough of my stupid stories. He even sent two shirts for my little girl. And that's oh, where I'm that like, okay, okay, this guy is an excellent human being, right? He's not just some, oh, hey, I'm going to throw some shirts out there. I, I mean, he he had enough foresight. He had enough, I don't know, uh, humanity in him to realize that my little daughter who loves Star Wars as much as I do would probably love to get a box that had some shirts. I mean, you should have, Nick, you should have saw her when was- I was like, hey, look, there's some for you, too. And she's like, oh, my God, that one's for me? Really, Daddy? Thank you so much. I love it. I love it. Because you know, there are two like little uh, Baby Yoda child shirts. So, uh, Adrian, we speak your name. Yeah, he's in the chat. He, he popped in. You are an, an all-star within the SWTS ranks of, of fan, formerly known as the Assholes soon to be known as the Fandalorians, right? But we'll we'll get there so you guys can start yelling at us for allowing you to pick your own name. Uh, So we have nothing to do with it, motherfuckers. (laughs) We did our AGT part to limit it down to the four, and then you guys need to vote down to the two and then vote on the one. So you got what you got. It's called voting. Do it. Really do it in America, November 3rd, (laughs) all right? Let's vote for real, not our stupid-ass votes. Get on it, so... Um, yes, thank you to Adrian. I mean, I think I got like nine or 10 shirts. All of them look so fucking cool. I mean, I have to say that the, my favorite is probably the, (laughs) the, the empire 40th anniversary. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love it. Like with Yoda and Dagobah, but like the colors are really bright and it's really awesome. I I like the, uh, it's one where they kind of remake one of the Marvel comic book covers. That one was great too. I almost wore that one today, but yeah, you, you've got one of the child ones on. Cause I think we got at least three or four, uh, child shirts. So, uh, again, great stuff. Thank you, Adrian, mad engine, the team over there printing up some great looking shirts, we love you. Yes. May the force yes, be with you always. <laughs> All right, dude. So uh, I, I guess we should get into a show of some sorts. And yeah. Instead a little of just bit trying of to fish for to more free stuff from our fans. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some that Fanta Tracks is doing, and, and maybe we can convince our cronies to do it here. But uh, we need newer fans as well. But... Uh, if they if if a fan of their show leaves a review on Apple, they read the review and announce the fan's name on their own show. So I was like, hey, let's do it. I mean, come we on. Some of you that. people literally pay Patreon money for that type of dumb shit. We'll read your names for free. You just got to take two seconds and leave a fucking review, you lazy motherfuckers. Yeah, I mean, we we already read you guys, your comments that you leave on the question of the week <laughs> and all the other stuff that we do. So yeah. just take the time if you're going to, you know, comment on an Instagram post or a Facebook post, just go uh, comment on our review section <laughs> on either Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. 
Uh, I don't think Spotify gives you the opportunity. To Who knows? To, but review it anyways. <laughs> yeah. Do what you got to do. I mean, I, I'm I'm convinced now after seeing some new metrics from Pandora that that's been where we've seen this uptick in in downloads and listens, young Nick. Uh, and you know, it's th- this month dipped a little bit. So fuck you guys. I mean, mm-hmm. I we can never count on you guys to actually have back to back months of record numbers so i mean that's on you like we said we don't take credit for it going up or down our show sucks we know that everything depends on what you people do all right exactly hey they're all i mean really the the fan deloreans i'm gonna keep saying it now because it's pissing (laughs) them all off Uh, but they're going nuts here in in the peanut gallery chat uh, over the vote and again it was a vote it was a legit vote and i will (laughs) tell you it was it was close. We can like. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know I don't want to get there sh- yet. We'll, we'll we'll get there. That, that's part really? of the fan segment. Let let them sit there and and, yeah. and feel bad or feel sorry for themselves. Yeah, we'll we'll get to it soon. But oh. the the vote was close throughout both polls. I will let you guys know that it was not like a blowout for one or the other through both of the two votes. So we'll, I mean, we'll really, get there. the guy getting the most upset in this in this chat, Bossajan here, <laughs> this motherfucker had a great recommendation, but he was too lazy to even submit it to be counted to get down to the top four, yeah. and that would have been the McClunkies. Because I was, I was kind of drunk DMing with him Friday night when I was watching uh, Return of the Jedi, which, by the way, check out my commentary of the best scene in Star Wars on Instagram. It's not completely safe for work, but if you listen to this show, it's That's not going to surprise you. Expect. Right. you it's not going to surprise you. I mean, it's me. I think I talk for a minute and a half and probably say the F word at least four or five times. Yeah, you. If you were listening back in the days of the drunk Matt Cast, you oh may my God. have done like, the exact same rant at one point. <laughs> yeah, more than likely. I, I just, <laughs> I, I can't tell you how great it's been on this rinky dink projector and screen setup. Again, I, I bought a hundred inch screen and a doable projector, 1080p, for 200 bucks total, and it's been the best investment I've done since being locked up. Uh, it's in, in watching the old, like in particular, the original trilogy on the big screen outside with a fire for some reason is it's life right now. So how is it like in terms of like the, the saturation and the color, does it look like really dim on the screen when you're outside? No, uh, Brightness look- is fine, but that's the problem. You can't these days, especially cause we just passed the longest day of the year. I mean, we're talking, it doesn't get crispy, crispy yeah. until about 10, 10 30. Yeah, yeah uh, but it's 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 dim enough that you can see and start a movie around nine o'clock. Okay. Uh, and for a hundred twenty dollar projector, man, I can't bitch at all. Yes, it could use better color saturation. Uh, it actually has really good brightness, which is sometimes the biggest issue with projectors. Uh, it's not perfect, and I'm, I'm a video audio file type of guy. It's not perfect, but for what we use it for, going out on the deck or even just down to Star Wars Time HQ to throw it up for a rainy day movie night, it's been well worth it. So much What's, so that I'm yeah. probably going to drop big money on a real projector to permanently mount down in Star Wars Time HQ. There we go. So that that was Matt's good weekend. A little bit of drunk watching of of Return of the Jedi. Uh, I've been rewatching uh, Rebels. So I just finished season three, actually, right before we went live. Um, season three ends, if you've seen Rebels, with the uh, Thrawn attacking Adalon, the base, the rebel base on Adalon. And I was telling Matt that like, 
Ed's her a, short hair by season three, right? Yeah, like that was Ezra's, a big surprise because end of season two is when he gets the Sith holocron. Mm-hmm. He's holding it, and you can see that he's. It's kind of into the. Yeah. It's infecting him a little bit, right? And yes. Yeah. Season so, three is that where he opens? He's he's got the cut, and they're on a mission, and he kind of does some shady shit with the Force, and they're yes. like, "Whoa, dude!" Like. Yes, exactly. Season three is also where you get the Twin Sons episode, which is the final showdown between Maul and Obi. Um, And then there's, you know, you get the the uh, Ahsoka on Malak. No, like that's season two, I think. That's two. Yeah. Yeah. So season three is the introduction of Thrawn. You get dark, you know, bits of dark Ezra. You get the final showdown between Maul and Obi-Wan. You get the the Adalon attack. Uh, at the end of it, which was this one, that's actually very reminiscent of Empire. So if you've never seen Rebels, um, the the end of season three, you get a really cool attack on a rebel base that features ATATs, that features tunnel systems, that features um, interdictor star uh, class star destroyers that are preventing uh, the rebel fleet from escaping, and a lot of things that are reminiscent of Empire. Um, but it was really awesome. You get to see a Jedi, Kanan Jarrus, taking down AT-ATs with a lightsaber, kind of like you saw with uh, Luke Skywalker. And yeah, Two. it's um, I, I've I've been wanting to go back to Rebels, but I, in my head, in my Star Wars OCD head, I'm like, no, you got to fucking finish your chronological Clone Wars first, which at this point, the pace I'm on. I should complete by 2025. There we go. There we go. So so by that time, you, we will have already seen the entire new Star Wars uh, movies. That, Shit, that are dude. Out. They're not, those movies aren't coming out. There's no fucking Star Wars movies coming out. That's a big joke at this point. Oh, man. That, and that's something that we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. The big joke that is <laughs> yeah, everything Disney's, going on with uh, Star Wars. Disney's going to erase their trilogy now. They spent all that money, but now they're going to retcon it. Yeah. yeah. So before we get there, though, we'll jump into some actual news. Maybe. Well, actual well the first news. one is, is another rumor. We don't. We have one actual legit news yeah. piece we'll and talk about And it literally just dropped probably yeah. 15 minutes ago, so... Um, I'm pretty so yeah, sure Matt, the, the, at this, this point, the, uh, the, the peanut gallery chat, they've all left. They're on strike because they didn't get their assholes name, which means they just probably didn't vote. And they're a bunch of lazy hey, look, assholes. Man, you got to so. vote. But Matt hit us with this. Cat yeah. So uh, this is going to be exciting. I mean, it is for me. It is for those in the chat that are other collectors of the star Wars black series line. And that is the rumor, which uh, initially popped up over at yak face. Again, we all know, He's going to find these little nuggets hidden within POS system databases. You never know. Uh, but apparently, there was, you know, every summer there is a convention exclusive Black Series figure. I think last year it was the Sith Trooper with all the extra accessories. Uh, previous years, I think it was Han Solo, uh, Bespin Action. Uh, you get it. Collectors get it. So what we're what what Yak Face is hearing is that this year's convention exclusive was could be or was going to be Cad Bane. Now, obviously, there is no SDCC, there is no celebration. So he's thinking here that this Cad Bane, if real, will eventually hit Hasbro Pulse. So Nick, I for one think that Cad would make for an excellent 
excellent 112 scale Star Wars figure. I think we were talking about him last week when you brought up the battle of the non-force users. I'm a big believer in Cat. I think he's a tough guy. I think he should have been ranked higher than a few of those fucking Mandalorians you love. Uh, but back to the whole figure scene. Uh, he, I mean, just accessory-wise, sculpt-wise, Cad Bane would be a an amazing figure to collect. Yeah, I was going to say, in terms of the sculpt itself, I think he would be so unique in terms of the Star Wars figure landscape. Because like you mentioned, even just shitting on the Mandalorians, like you have so many, you have a lot of Mandalorian-esque figures with Boba and Jango, and then you have all of the clones. You have, you know, the Mandalorian himself, Din Djarin. So a lot of these, these like bounty hunter-esque figures that we already have are really focused on one aesthetic type. And Cad Bane is just completely opposite of that. Like Cad Bane is this like old West looking motherfucker with a big ass hat. He's got the you know, the the blue eyes and the really red eyes that, that kind of make you think that he's he could be like Chiss related because that's their aesthetic as well. That's what they look like. But then you mentioned too all of his his accessories. Like you can see in this picture that Matt's got up, he's got these the, like the arm, you know, like yeah, the little armband things. He's great got his accessories. Dual guns. The the face tubes. I mean, it, oh my god, if you could take the the hat, the cowboy hat off, or the fedora, whatever that thing is. He's just a cool-looking character. I have a a sculpt of him that Old Boy Cuts made, and I got this back when I really sucked at toy photography. Now I just sort of suck, but I'm also someone that once I take a picture of a figure, it's like I've completed an exam or something. <laughs> that figure goes to fuck away. I never want to see it again. I don't want to take another picture. I mean, you should, Nick, you should see how many awesome figures I have that I only captured when I first started shooting action figures. So they, they were terrible shots. <laughs> but I, I mean, I have pretty much every figure art Star Wars character. I have some old hot toys. I got the, the chewy hot toys. I just refuse to take them back out at this point because, again, I was a good boy. I completed my homework. I'm not yep. doing it again. You're done. You don't need to look at those again. You don't need to reference those again. So that's it. But yeah, man, I, I like I know that you have a Cad Bane pop, pop shot back in your in your uh, Haywood pop backlog and that looked awesome. And that's just a pop. I mean, can you imagine a full, like fully articulated black series figure of Cad Bane? I mean, I think that that would be one of the coolest, coolest figures for people to, to take yeah. shots of. And I can only imagine what some of like the, the big powerhouses like Papa and Sir Dork and, and everything. And, you know, everybody in the chat too, like what they could do, with a figure like Cad Bane that is so unique to the Star Wars world. I, th I think it would be a good call if, they, if this did release sometime this year. Yeah, and they're saying here in the chat, and I think Joe has a good point, Klondike Studios. I mean, Cad would also be an excellent 1-6 scale, like a Hot Toys, because I mean, they would make a real leather duster. Again, just back to all the accessories, the details and the sculpt, the tubing. I mean, he would be a fantastic 1-6 scale, where you are going to get... Uh, much more detail, especially in the in the soft goods and accessories, so on and so forth. Uh, I, I mean, there, there's you could you could ship him with a, a clone trooper armor because doesn't he like sneak in wearing that shit at one point in time? Yeah, He's yeah, just, yeah. He was a really kick-ass character, and I wish they would have followed up with his story in Clone Wars because 
uh, was that a few celebrations ago, Filoni showed that unfinished clip where it explained what happened to Cad Bane, how Boba got a little more of his prestige, but also how Boba got the dent in his helmet. Yeah. And that's because these two essentially have a duel and Boba wins. Dude, I I think that in my opinion, you like that was never canon, obviously, because like you said, that was shown at a celebration and like that was the plan for what was going to happen to Cad Bane and Boba. I think that Cad Bane is a perfect character for the Mandalorian television show. Oh, hell yeah. Like, I mean, like already, you said, as long as whatever Dave showed us is, is gone at this point, like it's not yeah. real anymore. Yeah, like it, it, it already has, the show already has that perfect Old West vibe to it. Like this kind of Firefly-esque, like Old West in space vibe. You bring in a character like Cad Bane, who is an infamous bounty hunter, who has possibly survived through the Imperial times, through the Clone Wars times, and you you can do what you were, wanted to do for Boba, like give him prestige by killing Cad Bane. You can do that for Mando now. Like you can say, hey, Mandalorian, like you're already kind of this this famous figure, but if, like your legend can grow even more in the bounty hunting community. If you I'm take starting to wonder Cad if Bane. he was one of the characters I, I had my guest video for the end of episode five of Mando, if that was him. I don't remember. I, th- I think I might have. Even if I didn't, I'm going to say I did because yeah. it's not like any of these people will go double check it. So yeah, like who's yeah, I already. I mean, I already that. put it out there that Cad Bane could have been the guy in, in Mandalorian. So yeah, Nick, you're 100 percent right. Yeah, yeah. So. No, he'd be fantastic, and and, and they're kind of uh, they're they're kind of agreeing with us here in the peanut gallery, except for uh, Papa P. Uh, of course, I guess Mando's a pussy to, to Papa P. That's fine. Mando, come on. <laughs> yeah, he, he thinks Bane would beat Mando's ass. Except Bane got fucking taken out by busted ass kid Boba Fett. So oh. pfft, on that one. There we and go. And that was canon, and it still is canon until Nick tells me otherwise. Yeah. I want to go back to Papa P's beard, though. Papa's beard is... Yeah, I commented, I was like, dude, you're real life Zangief. And and he, again, you know, if he doesn't come up with it, it's not right. So he says it's real life Leonidas. Okay. Like, I don't know, man. I mean, you may have to like fully take off your shirt and show us your your 12 pack if you're going for Leonidas. Your fucking 300. Yeah, if you're going with Leonidas, I mean, I'm talking, you got to have at least 10 abs showing. Yeah, I know, right? And then we'll change it. Otherwise, you're Zangief. Okay, it is what it is. Mando uh, has plot. Everyone has fucking plot. Luke Skywalker has Luke plot Skywalker armor. Like, what are you talking armor. about? Everybody's got plot armor from George. Anyone Lucas. that is a big character has plot armor. We love you though, Triple P. But you're yeah. Zangief in real life. So, anyways, uh, Cad Bane Black Series exclusives. Black Series exclusive. Hope it's real. But as they've been saying here, Apollo Ape uh, in particular, um, good luck securing one if it goes up on Hasbro Pulse. Oh, yeah. Um, I, it might be easier this year, I hope, because there aren't going to be any to be sold at the con. Yeah. So hopefully the full stock is available online. But anytime an exclusive toy goes up and nut jobs like myself and other people here that listen to us go to get one, it's never a fun experience. Uh, I think the most recent shitty toy buying experience was the 1978 Christopher Reeve Superman from Mezco. Anyone listen? Anyone listening? You know what I'm talking about. And then Mezco just had another shitty one yesterday when they released their surprise uh, Nosferatu. 
uh, which I secured. I don't even fucking care about Nosferatu, but it's just gotten to the point with Mezco, Nick. If they drop a new figure, I'm fucking buying it because I, I, I could sell it to some other asshole for like triple the price. There we go. Uh, Matt's getting in the scalping <laughs> game now, guys. That's I don't where do it that. <laughs> I don't do that. Uh, I am not a black market flipper. No fucking way. Um, although I sometimes I would, if I buy two, I might try to make money on one to pay for my one. You know, it goes back to the day when you're slanging and slanging. <laughs> All right. So Cad Bane, please, Black Series. I think that'd be excellent. Yeah, come out. I, I would agree with this. This looks like a pretty awesome figure if we can get it. So we'll see. But uh, the next piece of news, the next piece of actual news here, like I said, just dropped like literally nine minutes before we went live and it is going to be focusing on some Mandalorian stuff, not the TV series side of things, but we're talking about the book and comic book series side of things. So yeah, let um, me, let me preface this real quick. So I, I believe this is, there's again, you know how I, I bitch and moan about other star Wars fan personalities out there. Uh, there was some great bullshit that happened last week. I mean, we, we, we kind of keep it among ourselves in our Slack chat but two motherfuckers got called out, at least by me. None of those other idiots on Reddit will ever call them out. But uh, the one guy, this Noah outlaw cheesehead, uh, what was that, two weeks ago? Oh, celebration's canceled today. It's coming, guaranteed. Never happened. Yeah. Happened like it, a week later. Yeah. Uh, the other one here, this, was, this one was fantastic. And I believe that's what this story is that Nick is talking about. But last week, he's like uh, Jordan Mason or something like that. He's like, stand by. Mando news coming, not like a trailer or anything, but some Mando news you may be interested in. Friday comes around. Well, doesn't look like it's coming this week. I guess I was wrong, but it's coming sometime. It's coming. It's like, okay, well, anyone with a brain and the ability to type on social media can start doing what these people do. Yeah, it's like, hey, there is news about something soon. <laughs> like, I know that, like, when when something like this, like, this dude was like teasing it like, oh, Mando, Mando, Mando. <laughs> and it like literally this drops today and it's, it's about a Mandalorian publishing initiative. So yeah, it's, it, this is essentially the High Republic move, but for the Mandalorian universe. This is yes. that 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 far out idea of this interconnected Star Wars universe that takes place in the Mandalorian timeline. Like, whoa, holy shit. Star Wars is all connected. Yeah. Are you serious, man? It's, it's, oh my God, dude, it's so obvious that these people are just like, like, yes, there is a, there is a lack of Star Wars news happening right now, mostly because productions have been put on hold, even book releases have been put on hold, but man, like, there's news coming soon, or like, just other bullshit. You know what like, it is, man. though, Nick, it's like, it, it, this is me, too, this is my problem, this isn't Nick, this is that black hole, the void in my soul I talk about, where it just, it blows my mind who gets uh, kind of propped up in the in the Star Wars fan community as like, oh, wow, there's someone we should listen to. Yet they fucking fail after fail after fail, and anything they hit on, it's so general that my little daughter could make the prediction. Yeah. I mean, it's shit like, hey, The Mandalorian Season 2 dropping in 2020. Yeah, it's it's literally like... What is the easiest, most low-hanging fruit that we can get here? We know that Mando <laughs> like, Season 2 is October 20, or like October uh, 2020 exactly. release date. And let's see, right now it's almost July. So we're probably going to get Mando news H Here soon. we go. So I I'm going to put one out right now. This, this source is confirmed. Mandalorian Season 2 
is going to debut on a Friday in October. Wow. This is, this is big news here, people. Okay. You heard it here first. Just make sure to, to, you know, cite us, you know, cite the show. Don't, don't steal our, don't steal our leads and exclusives here. But Mandalorian season two will air on Fridays. Okay. You heard it here first. Put it down. Put it down. Thank you. My job is done. Mic drop. Yeah. That's the um, end of the cast. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> Anyways, dude, back to this stuff. So, I mean, I'm not completely shitting on the the Mandalorian reading universe, although we know I'm not going to read anything. But if you look at the list, there are a few that a simpleton like myself could probably get into. And I'm mainly talking about the the art of the Mandalorian, which I think is going to be fantastic. I buy most Star Wars art books. And then uh, the Mandalorian, the ultimate visual, visual guide, guide, which I, I'm always a fan of those too, even though I think Pablo's kind of a, a dickhead. Um, but that, that's just me. All the other stuff. It's like, nah, ain't going to happen. It looks like little kid shit. Yeah. You got Uh, some, uh, you got one adult novel, the the Mandalorian original. Yeah. The, I don't know if this is like the novelization of season one, or if it is a new original kind of story around the Mandalorian that doesn't really, even if you go to the pre-order page for it, it doesn't really give you any sort of, uh, information on what the plot is for it. But I'm assuming that it's going to be a a novelization of season one. (laughs) Then you get... A level two reader, so uh, Mandalorian Allies and Enemies, a level two reader is like a children's book, for those of you who don't know. Um, Mandalorian 8x8 storybook, so that's another one that's just going to be like another kid-focused book. And then you get a a junior novelization by Joe Schreiber here. Yeah, the other thing I didn't read, because again, reading is not fundamental to me, but they are going to be dropping some Mando-inspired comics comics on Marvel or IDW, so uh, Mm -hmm. I'll be down for that. I actually miss, I mean, you remember, we were starting to get into comics before all this bullshit happened. And then comics have all been kind of put on hold. But I mean, I I was doing at least a, a video or two a week just covering new canon tidbits that these comics were giving us. So yeah. uh, you can count on me for jumping on the Mando comics if we're ever allowed to read comics again. Uh, if if Nick's still alive, you can count on him for if, the at least to look at the novel and read the, the inside cover and then pull everything else out of his ass to talk about what yeah, it is. That's usually what I do. Yeah, I don't really a few read pages the whole book. and just, just read like the first sentence. Yeah, like I, I, I'll uh, read the, the Wikipedia plot summary and then I'll give you guys basically <laughs> the lowdown for that. So. So, uh, I, don't know. I mean, yeah. I guess I guess if you like to read shit, you're going to get some Mando stuff. I mean, it's always it always adds to the lore. We've gone over it. I, I'm just uh, it, it's too boring to me. It's just it's not the medium that keeps me going these days anymore. It just just doesn't uh, capture my attention. Yeah. And I know I love it. Like when you were recounting or recapping chapter one of the High Republic. I was like, man, this, this is probably really fucking great Sounds- to read. You're probably reading. You're like, ooh, what's, I, I want to get to the next page. I want to find out what's happening. What's this shit coming through this hyperspace lane? But then it's just like the effort required and the time required to either listen to it read to you like you're a baby or to read it yourself is just, it's still too great for me. <laughs> wow, I know. Woe is me. My life is so tough. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so just stay tuned. When, when High Republic drops, I'll give you guys a lowdown. When uh, Thrawn... Three, when Thrawn uh, second trilogy drops, I will give you guys a lowdown and then we'll see what the content of this Mando novel is. If it's just a novelization of season one, I'm probably not going to get into it because I don't need to. 
If it is some sort of original content around Mandalorian, maybe like oh, a Oh, yeah, you're right. Good point. You're probably right. That probably is kind of like the, the storybook version. But which, yeah. as we found out with the Rise of Skywalker, they just cram all sorts of extra you plot in there. You could put some so. extra stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, that from Who what needs I've plot heard, in the fucking movies anymore, right? Just put them in the books. Yeah. Fuck it. From what I've heard, they the way that the novelizations of of the movies work is that they work off of an approved pre-shooting script so like they'll get like a like a third or a fourth draft of a script that still has a lot of intact pieces of things that hit the cutting room floor from the movie and they use that so that's why you know even going back to prequel times you get you get scenes in there like that mentioned you know mace windu's lightsaber fighting style you that mentioned the lost jedi that we never really got to see in the movies um and then that's also why oh, you mean you get, jedi master sifo ds not to be confused with darth sidious you could get yeah sifo they had stuff about <laughs> sifo diaz they had stuff about the the other lost jedi like dooku and and some of the other ones that were hey considered. speaking of dooku did you see papa palpatine's favorite director dropped a nice comment on the prequels Oh, Ryan Johnson. Yeah, he said that they didn't. He say that they're like a a super eloquent seven hour long film or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll summarize it because why go look for it? But he essentially says that the 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 prequels are a beautiful film that shows how you know people that feel entitlements, this that and the other thing, and fears eventually become fascist assholes. So very good commentary. I thought thought it was a good take. I mean, it it is what it is because really it's, it's kind of what we're dealing with where, you know, you got a knucklehead and everyone's like, Oh, all hail the emperor. And you're like, what the fuck's going on with people here? Like we're literally in bizarro world. So yeah, we're, we're uh, living through the star Wars prequels. Let's not, let's hope that they (laughs) don't end the same way. Of course, Ryan got fucking beat the shit just for even commenting on star Wars because you know, we we, got to fucking hate everybody that makes star Wars movies. We don't a hundred percent agree with. Uh, but you know, I, I thought I thought it was funny. I I like it. I mean, I I did. I really. I, I, we should pull it up. I'm not going to look it up on your own. But Ryan, it, it was a good quote. I did like the quote. I thought it was a good summary yeah. of what the prequels are. I will say that, like, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, recently after the release of of TLJ and Tross, like. I don't think that people realize how much of a renaissance the prequels are having right now. And it's because as soon as they see something else they don't like, they can go back and say like, yeah. oh, well, the prequels are great now because right. George Lucas did them. But you have to realize like, go and look up prequel sentiment pre, not even pre sequels. I'm talking pre TLJ. Oh, yeah. uh, there's like, a reason George Lucas wanted to get out of the fucking Star Wars game. Yeah. Like, like. It wasn't there just was money even, and work. It was he was tired of getting fucking hot pokers up his ass. Yeah, like there were even says they articles <laughs> being written as early as 2015, post TFA release, where prominent news and journalist sites were saying like, "Hey, the next logical move for Star Wars now that we see the success of the the possible success of the sequel trilogy with how good TFA was is to reboot the prequels." That's 2015. This isn't 2005 right, right after the release of of Rots. This isn't 2008 when we're talking, you know, the release and the the ongoing of uh the Clone Wars uh TV series. This is 2015. Yeah. This is 5 years ago. So like 
the the love around the prequels and the shifting in mindset around the prequels has literally just happened within the oh, past it's, three it's completely years. Re- revisionist um and i'm someone like I, i'm essentially in prequels anonymous at this point where I, I was one of the biggest fucking prequel haters in the world like that that's kind of what i built my rep on in the show that's why i'm the angry guy in the logo <laughs> All that anger stems from the fucking prequels and its treatment of Anakin Skywalker. Yes. Uh, And I like, it's one of those things where it's like, I never hated them. I never, I never loved them as much as I loved the original trilogy. And some people, you know, like there's a faction of people out there now who hate, not really hate the originals, but who are like, the originals are overrated. And, and, and look, I am never one to like, I'm never going to be the type of person who's going to hate people a star Wars fan over what their favorite trilogy is at this point, because I like movies from all of them, but like, I'm not saying that the prequels are bad, but you do have to realize that the, the facts around the prequels and the critical reception and the fan reception were very bad back then. And now it's, there's, there's a coming around that's happening either due to this, just the negative sentiment around the sequels or something else in star wars land just the the desire to have george lucas back and like papa's saying in the uh uh in the chat like he's always been a a a prequel homer from the beginning and like i love people like that i love people who can watch the prequels and really enjoy them and it and it brings their star wars fandom even deeper and i love people who like that i thought papa would have been older i don't know i guess i guess i don't know maybe papa's a, a, a younger buck than i thought but I, I figured he would have been ushered in with the ot with how much he likes vader and all that yeah i don't know i mean i don't know if but he, he's it, saying also, the prequels are what got him into star wars so yeah. he's either late bloomer like you or he's much younger than uh than we, than we thought i'm telling you yeah. that 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 beard in his muscly body is very misleading <laughs> it is i mean like it's a it's a conversation that we've had on this podcast a few times. Like, when do you when did your Star Wars fandom start? Because for you, it was basically from birth. I, yeah, like I can't even tell. It just it's life to me. It, yeah. it would be the same for my daughter. Like, she doesn't even know. It's just it's been normal life. Yeah, like you were grandfathered into Star Wars <laughs> from your parents, from your dad, and and I never really had that. So um yeah papa so, p's for he's my age so oh, he's, wow. he's a late he's, bloomer man yeah he's he's so he got to it you're a not even late. a real fan papa p yeah like <laughs> and then like for so like for you it was your whole life from when you were a kid for me my parents either didn't care about star wars i think my mom said she saw it in the theaters when she was younger and like she thought it was cool but it was it wasn't something that she was like yeah, i mean your parents are they your parents are star wars communists basically yeah yeah so like for me i didn't i came to it i mean later in life i saw <laughs> the first movie you know the original trilogy when i was 10 and then uh. you know that soon after that is when the prequels came out but it, it it really does heavily depend on like what you saw first what you what you identify right. more with and, yeah. and what you kind of grasped to the yeah, I, 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 i'm with you man i mean we, we just like to push people's buttons at least that's what i'm doing here i don't, I don't really yeah. i mean I, I can tell you there are some fans that are just fucking ass wipes yeah like they're, they're yeah. just looking to pick fights because it makes them feel special uh i, I you know I, I dislike the prequels uh, the clone wars have brought me around on those big time 
Uh, and my dislike for the prequels is is similar to those that dislike the sequels here. It's like you probably had an image in your head of what they could be, and then you get what you get, and it didn't fulfill that vision, and you're a little disappointed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just we, depends how you want to deal with it. Are you going to be a fucking jerk off and blame it on stupid stuff like social things and girls, or are you just going to be like, hey, it didn't live up to my expectations. Oh, well, it's a movie. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Yeah. I, I uh, will say that the prequels... I mean, we did get to see, we did get the introduction and in, in what would eventually become the awesome series that is Clone Wars, like you mentioned. You got a lot of cool Jedi introduced to you. You get yeah. to see uh, the the clones. You got a lot of cool canon things. In, in, I, dude, in I'm, I'm not, this is no fucking joke. Like, I don't mind watching the prequels now. It's it's something just to throw on because it is, it's, it's, a, it's a visual treat yeah. compared to the original trilogy, which is very sterile, basic 1970s, 80s looking film tech still. Still looks amazing for the era that it was made, but it doesn't look 2020 correct. The prequels are even looking a little dated, but uh, in the, with the 4K visuals, the Atmos, I mean, they're fun looking movies, if anything yeah. else. There are neat scenes. There are a lot of flashy things, Jedi raves, this, that, and the other things. So. <laughs> Jedi raves. <laughs> there, there, is, there, is, there are a few redeemable qualities, but yeah. like Sir Dork has said, and I stick to, The Phantom Menace is the best prequel for multiple reasons. Enough said. Enough said. So... Uh, back to the story, Mando Publishing uh, initiative has been kicked off. Uh, keep your eye out if you are one to read either comic books or novels for for the drop dates on this stuff yet. Nothing. Well, I nothing know has been Nick the um, the art book is up for pre order, but I, I'm thinking these are all going to be December releases. So I, yeah, I, at least I clicked on the art book and it said December 2020. Yeah, I'm too lazy to click on this right now, so go look at it, people. Yeah, the art book and then the the original novel, as it's called, which is probably the novelization, are both uh, available for pre-order right. on the uh, Random House. Okay, website. so th- this next topic here is a treat. Mm-hmm. This is going to kind of be like uh, Star Wars. This is going to be Papa's favorite part yeah, of any show that we ever talk about. This is Star Wars <laughs> fan school for those of you that may be stupid enough to buy into this type of shit, right? Yeah, uh, th- this is like uh, drinking bleach will protect you from the virus type of dumb. Uh, everyone can see the title at this point. Those listening, I'll read it to you. This comes from Cosmic Book News. Not comic book news. Yeah, literally. Cos- from Matt McGloin, a retired NFL quarterback, I'm guessing. Yeah. Disney resetting Star Wars, erasing Last Jedi. All right, right there you should go. <laughs> Okay, this is going to be a fun read. This has to be comedy, right? But no, then you, you start scrolling through it and you realize that this rumor comes from the future ruler of Earth. Okay, self-described future ruler of Earth. The Doomcock Overlord <laughs> DVD YouTube channel. Okay, so apparently <laughs> Nick and I have been fucking living under a rock these past few years. We had no clue that the future ruler of Earth, a.k.a. Doomcock Overlord DVD, had all of these motherfucking secrets and inside knowledge about Disney Star Wars. Yeah. So Doomcock is telling us that the powers at Disney are warring over the sequel trilogy. And the battle is taking place between Kathleen Kennedy and Jon Favreau. It's a civil war, in fact over the direction of Star Wars. So Doomcock here 
is is stating that the Disney Star Wars trilogy that they've spent billions of dollars on to market, produce, and set in stone, billions of dollars right. off of. They're just gonna nullify it all. Like, oh, fuck well, it. well, wait, wait. They are not gonna nullify it all. They said that they're going to isolate it into its own alternate timeline. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Something that is done in Star Wars all the time. And he cites why, right? We had the world between worlds, right? That's how this is going to happen. Okay. See, it happens. World between worlds. Essentially, we're getting a massive Star Wars reset. Okay. Papa, he hasn't been right about shit. He hasn't been right about shit. Like, if you actually read the article... Doomcock hasn't been right about shit. He's another one that pulls stuff out of his asshole and sticks it to the wall. And maybe one word of a 50 word paragraph is correct. <laughs> like he got the right in yeah. his, in his statement. He, uh, they also call him out as the person who provided the Skywalk, the, the rise of Skywalker spoilers. And he did not, he was not the leaker Right. At all. I mean, the, 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 the leaker is uh, MSW and, and fucking Praxis, Praxis on, on yeah. Reddit. Let, let's go. I mean, get, get your shit fucking straight. So Doomcock, I mean, th this is going down. If the plan comes to pass, everything that Kathleen Kennedy did with the sequel trilogy will be destroyed, tossed out, and declared obsolete. Yes, that is what big corporations do. Totally. Yeah. I mean, they, they, totally. They literally totally. put out an entire trilogy they market it as the end of the Skywalker saga. And then what they're going to do is they're going to say, hey, guys, you remember all of that marketing and all of the stuff that we did with these three movies that were highly successful, regardless of what some fans think? Uh, we're going to just now make those not canon anymore, and we're going to just redo the whole thing. So instead of <laughs> focusing on a new era of Star Wars that's going to bring in new fans that are going to bring new stories and new characters and everything else. Right. We're going to take the trilogy that we just made, remake it, and then possibly not be able to do that because all of the old actors that were are needed to reboot this trilogy could possibly either die or well, not yeah, want to do well, it. Hey, guess what? One is dead. So. Yeah. Carrie Fisher's already dead. Mark Hamill yeah. doesn't want to do Star Wars I guess Wars Princess anymore. Leia is not going to exist in, in this new timeline. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, Palpatine's going to do this because he had a room on the second Death Star called the Room of Mirrors, duh. The Room of Mirrors, right? We all knew this. And, and using these, it linked him to the Veil of the Force. He could manipulate the Force in many ways. He could use the mirrors to allow Palpatine to cloud the Jedi Council, right? It had nothing to do with the dark side. It was these fucking mirrors, right? I mean, Palpatine was just a puppet to the mirrors all along. He's not the greatest Sith. He's not the master planner we've always thought. It was these fucking mirrors in the Veil of the Force, right? We all know about the Veil of the Force. George Lucas talks about it all the time, <laughs> right? Oh. Jeez, we're all so fucking stupid. Doomcock, thank you. Thank you, Doomcock. Mike, oh, you, you got some spoilers right on Game of Thrones, so all this bullshit is definitely going to be correct. Doomcock, uh, give us more Doomcock. Yeah. Uh, uh, here, here's where it gets really crazy, 
Regarding how things will be reset, it's explained that all one has to do is go into the Veil of Mirrors and wait for Palpatine to enter, as the Veil is a mystical dimension where in all times collide, which will cause the Disney Star Wars trilogy to consign to its own alternate timeline forever, as Palpatine enters the Veil and never gets back to Exegol. Yeah, it's just <laughs> The so, Emperor is like, prevented from using the mirrors to return. He dies as it was intended in Return of the Jedi and Bob's your uncle and all our problems are solved, explains Doomcock. There we go. That is from <sighs> Star Wars insiders themselves. This is coming from sources, people. Are you like, literally this guy has said mirrors so many times that it sounds like an old commercial for DLP TV. I mean, this is where you can tell it's just an angry, butthurt male Star Wars fan right here. No Disney sequel trilogy. Han doesn't walk stupidly into a lightsaber, which he doesn't. He does, Leia he doesn't fly does like not. Mary Poppins. We'll talk about that actually coming up soon. Luke has nothing to run away from and consumes no green milk because Luke definitely was like, uh, you know, Captain America and that type of superhero, right? Uh, and I am informed there will be no amazing one. Of course, we can't have a powerful woman have in Star Wars. No fucking way. And then also this all comes from the fact that the the war, here's the big thing. The war is between Kathleen Kem- Kennedy and Jon Favreau. <laughs> like, it, just, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. It well, doesn't. Uh, pa- like Papa, Papa wants me to make clear that this guy has hit before, so he's not a complete Alex Jones. Like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll put that statement out there. I will say uh, that we have hit before on things too, right. but that doesn't mean that any of the shit that we say on this show as speculation or you know postulating about what's going to happen in the future will, will ever come true. Uh, but don't worry, is, don't listen to us. It, it goes on. It, this is already. There's already proof that this exists, okay? So we're just two gas bags that don't know shit. There is proof. Doomcock has offered it up, all right? Doomcock offers proof that this may be happening in a scene that was included in Rise of Skywalker, which featured Rey confronting her dark side self, where mirrors can be seen in the background. It's said it's unknown if Abrams knew what the scene was about. But it demonstrates the plausibility of this. Okay, so J.J. Abrams doesn't know about. about his own fucking production at this point. Yeah, he he literally wrote it. Like, do you think that somebody from like <laughs> mysterious Disney Lucasfilm oh, land came in and snuck a, a, an entire scene into his movie that he wrote with his writing partner, and then J.J. just didn't notice it? And then just decided to film it it's anyway. Just, I mean, it really, it all goes back to, it's like, <laughs> and the crazy thing is, I mean, you got Papa fighting up for this guy. I mean, Doomcock's got a following, just like Mike Zero. We, ha- we don't have a fucking following. Why do you think I get so fucking crazy? Why uh. do you think I get so fucking crazy? It's because people follow fucking bullshit. That's all people want anymore. They want bullshit. They want uh, non-reality. They want things that make them feel good because something in their life didn't go their way or the way they wanted it to go. I mean, that's what people want these days. Outside of Star Wars, it's everywhere. People want to pretend that life is all peachy and great. There is no fucking virus. Let's go on vacation. It's the same thing that's happening here. I would love to rewrite the fucking prequels, but I'm not a moron. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, and do like, they're it ain't fucking the, happening. The unfortunate thing is that it's not easy to find 
shit like this about the prequels because the internet back then wasn't what it is now. Right. But all this can, shit would have happened. Can go back, this all happened you, with the prequels. Yeah, like you can go back and you can find shit that literally breaks down how the prequels are going to be redone. It's going to be an older Anakin Skywalker in the first movie. You're not going to have kid Anakin. And it basically what it does is it does everything that this article is doing here where it picks out the specific things that people don't like about that trilogy and they reboot yeah, it. I mean, that's as a where he, that's where he outs himself. I mean, you know, it's horseshit when you get into this stuff. Where it's it's the typical, you know, uh, dude in his mom's basement argument against against the Disney sequel trilogy. And I'm not sitting here saying it was fucking fantastic. I've gone on record saying the sequel trilogy ultimately is a letdown because it does not have a cohesive narrative from start to finish. Each movie has some pros and cons within their own contained selves, but the trilogy itself is not great because there is no clear message. Yes. All right, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, fuck, it's all Ray's fault. It's all Kathleen Kennedy's fault. Guess what? Kathleen has bosses that make a lot more money above her that could do whatever the fuck they want. Bob Iger pulls the fucking triggers or did. Bob Iger is the one cutting the checks. All right. She works for him. She does what he wants. Yeah. And, and we all know that he was very happy to say in his book that he has direct, you know, influence over the, the stories of Star Wars things. Right. I mean, th- this guy was proud that, that he meddled around with Mandalorian episodes. He's, he's yeah. proud that he gets to watch them three times. One time to figure out what they're not doing that he doesn't like. A second time to see if they included it. And a third time to see the finished version. Yeah. So, and right. And you know, I I don't think Kathleen Kennedy should be the head of Lucasfilm anymore, but it's not because she's a woman. It's because under her watch, they made some really fucking dumb decisions. Yeah. They made really bad decisions about the, the, this trilogy. But the fact of the matter is, is that this isn't going to get reset. Just like the prequels aren't going to get reset. And 10 years from now, people are going to look back on this trilogy and they're going to say, you know what? I like this movie because of this reason. I like this character because of the way that they built her or him. Or I like the decisions that they made here because now it's relevant in in my life in a way that wasn't when I first saw it. Like what you have to realize is that, yes, this is not the the OT remade and and, and Star Wars gold is falling from the skies. Like this is another version of the prequels where there is a large contingent of fans who don't like it. There's a large contingent of fans who do like it. And you're never going to be in a situation where it's the perfect representation. Trust me, humanity is broken to the point because of social media. We'll never like anything as a cohesive unit ever again. It's impossible. It is impossible. George Lucas could come out of retirement, make another trilogy and there'd still be people hell-bent on vomiting all over it. Yes. It's just how it is, man. I mean, it's fucking social media has destroyed human behaviors. Everyone has a fucking platform now. Everyone can be a keyboard warrior. Everyone's got their soapbox out. Look at our two dumbasses. We do it. <laughs> We're sitting here talking on mics like anyone gives a flying shit. Yeah. And like, you know? he, he, I mean, just, welcome to 2020. Thing. Welcome to the 21st century. One other thing that I really love about this article and how they like they try to call this guy out with credibility. He says uh, also he so they also say he provided the Skywalker, the Rise of Skywalker spoilers, which is not true. And then uh, <laughs> he's he's apparently said something about like Kevin Feige doesn't like Brie Larson 
And that's why Kevin Feige went back and said that, oh, well, Scarlet Witch is the strongest character in the MCU now, as if that is some sort of like, like strike at Brie Larson and the Captain Marvel character. When Captain Marvel now has two movies that are going to be coming out, Scarlet Witch has zero. The only thing that Scarlet Witch has is a TV series WandaVision. that might get made. That, that's on probably Disney not even going to get made now because it sounds like, a, I mean, I, I know like firsthand knowledge. Uh, let's just say the, the Marvel live action Disney Plus shows are not uh, being produced like the Star Wars stuff. As in, no one really fucking knows what they're doing. No one's prepared. I'm talking, hey, we're going to do this big action setup today. And they forgot that one character was involved in the fucking seat. Like they didn't bring the proper rigging, the proper costume. I mean, it, it doesn't sound great. So anyways, it's just, uh, you know, it's kind of for me to air my grievances with Star Wars fans. What I like to do. I just, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe Nick and I just need to start being angry troll fuckheads and then yeah. we'll get the following i want I mean, that's all i want i just want hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> to consume my stupidity like yeah. these people do like this is all this is is pure stupidity and <laughs> like this i will say this is what happens when there is a light star wars news week No, it doesn't. It's what happens when you're an asshole. I mean, Mike Zero puts out this type of content multiple times a day. That's true. (laughs) I mean, he fucking people live for this shit because they know they can dupe idiots. Yeah. I clicked on it, right? I'm a fucking idiot. I clicked on the title. From Cosmic Book News. Like what you guys need to realize is is that this is CosmicBookNews.com. It's not even CosmicBookNews.com. It's cosmicbook.news. They couldn't even get the dot com. <laughs> like, yeah, they're assholes like us. <laughs> we have dot net. Yeah, like uh. it's so ridiculous. Anyways, like- <laughs> I mean, dude, let's keep it going. I mean, this is perfect for our special topic because our special topic this week was to go over the uh, top good and bad moments from the Age of Resistance trilogy. So, I mean, this is a an episode fully dedicated to our man, Papa Palpatine. Uh, <laughs> everything he likes to talk about from The Force Awakens to The Last Jedi to The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, so Nick and I, I mean, for months now, we, we, we have a special topics section in our Slack that we just kind of throw ideas into just in case we come across a week like this one mm-hmm. uh, where there really wasn't much. But as we do, and thanks to the Fandalorians in here. Uh, we, we, we've still gone an hour on like a topic or two. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try to speed things along so we're not here for three hours. But uh, what do we do? We did like uh, three top moments, three bad moments spread across all three sequel trilogy movies, right? Yes, yes. All right. Um, I have the notes here somewhere. They're not going to be able to see the notes, but uh, we have them to look at. Yeah, you uh, guys so don't need to see the spoilers of what we're going to talk right, about. Right, so, so go ahead. Let's start. Uh, I mean, knowing Star Wars fans, maybe we should start with the bad because it seems that they like bad shit better. Yeah, you know what? Let's start with the bad because we were just talking about a really bad rumor. And then we'll end with the good and then we'll roll into the, the fan segment in top five. Um, so I'll, I'll start off with, with my first bad. Um, and I will say that two of my bads come from TLJ. One comes from Tross. <laughs> so, um, so Nick clearly fucking hates TLJ. So oh, my hold first- on, hold on. Papa Palpatine. Snowspeeder just arrived. Check this out. Those of you that are on the, the, the video version here. 
look at the size of this motherfucker. Oh man. This this is like this kind of ties in the last week when we were talking about top five one twelve scale ships we want. Nick, you'll eventually be able to see this. This thing, it, it's bigger than my face. It's massive. <laughs> it's awesome. So have fun with it, Papa Palpatine. Let us know what you think. And I'm sure we'll see a shot much sooner than you'll see one from me. Because there's no way I'm going to like suspend this thing to make it look like it's flying. It's probably just going to be in the background if I actually shoot it. But this is an <laughs> awesome vehicle at 112 scale. So sorry. I've seen the size of it now. That is a, <laughs> that is a pretty it, it, fucking thing. It's huge, game. dude. I mean, it is huge. And I already got Dax sitting in his seat. Just got to nice. shove Luke in there. Nice. All right. So, uh, yeah, let, let's, uh, sorry about that. Backpedal here. We are doing our Top Gun Bad Moments from the Age of Resistance trilogy. Nick was just going to get into the uh, his first bad moment. Yes. My first bad comes from uh, TLJ and specifically just Canto Bite in general. I, I, I understand what, what Ryan was trying to do in that, in that whole kind of sequence on that planet. Like, show like war profiteering and the opulence that comes from you know from yeah. from making money off of selling arms to both sides and all of this kind of thing but i just think that the execution of it was like really weird and wonky and like it didn't it didn't make sense it was dumb it was, it was too yeah. long it looked stupid the race was dumb yeah. i hate i hate alien species that you know even with the tech we have these days it still don't look real those things didn't look real uh, you know, the race through, I mean, there was a lot of cut out of that fucking segment was, too, Nick. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of deleted scenes from Canto Bite, but uh, I'm with you. I mean, uh, Canto Bite, I think stands out to everyone as a, as a miss. Uh, yeah. and I think it was just the dialogue was kind of cheesy uh, and really just the whole excursion just felt yeah. too and it, long. To me, like that also leads into a, like, to me, a pretty big missed opportunity with DJ I think that he could have been used a little bit differently. Like the not only just the character of DJ and this this slicer, this hacker, um, but the the person that was used to play him. I mean, you had an incredible actor um, playing Benicio. him, yeah, Benicio del Toro, and then like you just don't use him. Like you put him in there. He's like, he's, he's in it for five minutes. He does like some, like, I, I mean, honestly, dude, yeah. I'll just lead into my first top bad then. Cause uh, you've, you've kind of already unearthed it a bit. And it was DJ stutter and TLJ. Uh, I, I thought it was ridiculous. And I know Benicio is the one that chose to do it. Uh, but kind of like you were saying for the character in general, I mean, it, it just made the character seem silly. Not saying that people with stutters are silly. It just, it didn't seem right for the type of character that DJ was. Yeah. And like, just so like him. It was distracting. It's like, why Benicio? Just be a, a, you know, kind of a smart ass shithead. Yeah. Like that character could have been played a lot of different ways. And then like you essentially made him inconsequential, which is fine. Like there's a lot of inconsequential characters within the Star Wars universe, but the way that you set it up is like you set it up to be like this code, like, you know, there's this code breaker and all this other stuff. And I know when you get to like DJ isn't the code breaker that they were looking for, like it was a different person, but like it just felt like a, like a really weird, unnecessary detour. And the one thing that I can like make it, uh, you know, make a comparison to 
And like the biggest thing like to me was in the Batman Nolan trilogy when they like all of a sudden out of nowhere, Batman ends up in fucking China. He's fighting people on a like in a skyscraper and then then they just come right back. Like it was one of those situations to where like it doesn't make sense why you have this weird ass detour that doesn't really add anything to the plot. And then basically is just used as like a like a really bad, you know, opportunity to to throw in like this weird CG crap with the foggy race and like you have this opulent casino and then it's it's an yeah, opportunity so, I mean, to talk it, about it, it, Canto Bites sucked, DJ sucked harder. There we go. Yeah. There's our two two first bads. So go ahead and kick off your next one. So my second one was not even necessarily inside of the the Tross movie. It was something that was done outside of Tross that could, that if put in the movie, could have made it better. Yeah, I mean, this, this is just criminal here. Yeah, it, it, it's literally criminal. So the, the Emperor's, like Emperor Palpatine's reemergence speech that happened in Fortnite, in Fortnite the video game. I'm not, like, if you don't know about this, we've talked about it a couple of times on this podcast before. It fucking explodes my brain that, that they put the Emperor's literal i'm back in the galaxy i am alive and i am still a presence to be dealt with in this yeah, galaxy yeah i'm telling you right now man this this cross promotion and fortnite for major non gaming brands needs to stop i mean it, it's it, yeah. they're even doing it to nolan movies now and it's like i didn't think he would fucking allow for that shit it just goes to show you how much power studios have it's ridiculous. I mean, I get it. I understand it. You probably get it even more because you're a master marketer. But it's just like, man, how do you launch something that important for these Star Wars saga, the Skywalker story, in a fucking cartoony video game? Yeah. Dude. And it's, it's, it, it is a key part of your movie's somewhat silly plot, right? Yeah, that this hundred forty year old thing is alive after all, and hey, you're you're you just you find it out in the opening crawl. It's already happened. He's out. Blah blah blah. It, Dude, it was ridiculous. It I, I didn't even insane. believe Nick when he first told me that they had the Emperor's message go off in Fortnite. I was like, "Fuck me, Ryan." And dude, the way that like if you watch that video, the way that it happens is really cool. And it would have been fucking Did they have a bunch awesome of kids like sitting there teabagging each other and emoting, Dude, watching it like, Ooh. that's what it was. It was literally, yeah. it was just people running around <laughs> on the fucking Fortnite field. And then all of a sudden oh, you get this God. like, this omniscient galaxy wide broadcast that's not done through technology. It's done through the force. And it is, it, it's Emperor Palpatine uh. <laughs> announcing his reemergence into the galaxy. And then you see the the exegols like i don't know why they did it in the game because it like it doesn't make sense in terms of the movie but like you see the exegols like uh star destroyers like flying through the sky like that i is wonder a nick massive, do you think he was uh given this message from the veil of mirrors it may it probably did come from the mirrors right. well then that's like the why mirror. it sucked then that's why it was so, in fortnite so like that is a huge plot point in this movie that was so that was that would have been such a cool scene oh, oh dude you're right i mean keeping it out made any early mention of palpatine comical and and that's again where it's almost like we're connected through the force here but yeah my my next one of my next bad moments is 
Poe delivering the Palpatine speech in The Rise of Skywalker, which directly connects and correlates to Nick's point. Because if you would have had Palpatine's message in movie, it would have felt a little more natural to hear the stars and the leads talking about it. But when 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 they're all talking around at the, at the Resistance base, that dialogue is delivered in a way that rivals prequel dialogue. I, I'm talking like... Uh, elevator scenes with Obi and, and young Anakin and Attack of the Clones. I'm talking the Ray Shield nonsense and Revenge of the Sith. It's just bad. I, I, or even same movie, but when poor Adam Driver has to say, "Ray, you're a Palpatine." It's like, uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh it just—it's not good. Like it makes great actors look sucky. Yeah, I mean, like literally, this is how. For those of you who didn't read the crawl, this is how you know. The the emperor is back in, like the fold and and tross. If you didn't read the crawl, it is a scene with fucking Poe standing there by uh, a radio transmitter, and he says, "Somehow Palpatine's returned." That's literally how it goes, and it's just like, dude, I don't know if like JJ fucking lost his mind when they were like, "Hey, we're putting this scene in Fortnite." Like he probably rightfully should have, but like that's not how you you vocally say. Something like that in this. Uh, movie. It was all like it. It felt like they were acting, and that's not how things should feel when you're watching professionals do what they do on screen. Yeah, you should not feel like they were in pain delivering a line, and that that whole scene just looks silly. Even even uh, reused Carrie Fisher doesn't look like she buys whatever the fuck Poe is saying. Yeah, you know and what look, I mean. It's just like here. Like Matt, like Matt mentioned, I'm a master marketer. So if you want it, if you want to go redo this whole marketing scheme around with keep Fortnite in it for Tross, this is what you do. Your big selling point ahead of this movie that wasn't Palpatine because that was the huge reveal at Celebration and everybody fucking lost it and loved it. Like you should have like Matt, you were in that room when it happened. Oh, yeah. It went nuts. Everybody loved it. This is what you do. Your other huge selling point in terms of figures, in terms of just the visual aspect of Tross were, were the Sith Troopers. Everybody saw this red armor and they're like, oh my God, this is so fucking cool. They, they hyped up these Sith Troopers to be the biggest thing. They're going to be the baddest motherfuckers in the galaxy. The, the Fortnite reveal then is your Sith Troopers and this is how it happens. I'm, I will sell it to you now. You have... One of the Exegolian death, like Star Destroyers, come down and land on the field. You have their the the bridge open up like it does for a Star Destroyer, where it like it drops down. You have fucking all of your smoke coming down like you do when Darth Vader or the Emperor comes out of their shuttles, and you just have an entire legion of Sith troopers walk down and they kill the whole field of players, like. That yeah, and then they how, all like start to dance and teabag all the players. Yeah, like to really that is, chintz up Star Wars even more. <laughs> like that's how you do it for a fucking kid. Yeah, game. no, you're you're exactly right. I mean, again, Fortnite is. What do you think the main ages are? Like the big demo there. Oh, dude, Fortnite is 10, a, six to eighteen. <laughs> dude, I I have like a seven year old like nephew who plays it. That, that's like, what I mean. So I, you're I, you're saying like you're seven to early teens i mean to like late teens 
Like that is your primary right. demographic. Yeah, that would have been person. perfect. I mean, they would have been happy with a bunch of red shiny troopers coming out and just dancing with them. Like that's yeah. a, that's what they care about. They don't give a shit about uh, big indoor stuff. And some of the peanut gallery, they're they're making good comments. Sorry guys, we can't pick up on all of them, but. Tones is saying his kids loved it and he humored him, but deep down he was crying inside. And yeah, it's that's it's because, right. I mean, that's how you should feel. So good. But that's the thing is like your kids loved it, but your kids don't know the significance of right. what it, just it, happened. Your kids don't dedicate their lives to Star Wars and take pictures of all the stuff, and and they don't want their content uh, for this beloved franchise that you know you've loved for decades to be delivered partially in a video game. <laughs> yeah, like it it just. It doesn't make... But they do it all. I mean, like I said, I, mean, I, I was dumbfounded that Christopher Nolan is letting Tenet stuff get dicked off in Fortnite. I, mean, I just, just don't understand it. Like, Well, of course you do. It's a huge it, yeah. audience of engaged idiots, right? Yeah, I mean, you're right. But it's just like, as a creator, as a creator of content, as somebody who enjoys the content that's being created and marketed in those games, it's like you can't, you can't put integral plot no, information it, no, into exactly. it. Like, You're right. It, it should have been something. It, it should have been a new emote. Like they sit there and, you know, lift up their gun and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you release in Fortnite. Not Emperor dead ass for hundreds of years and how's he even alive Palpatine's, uh, you know, he, he's he's hitting the, the tour circuit again speech it's just yeah. ridiculous so and good, dude, good pick like, there that's definitely it, bad if you hear that too it's just like the way that it was delivered the mess like it was good too like it was a good piece of movie content and you destroyed it by putting it in Fortnite. right so you don't even touch on it because the crawl treats it as if everyone logged in the fucking Fortnite and saw it yeah so like, it's beat. All right, man. Last top bad for age resistance from you. Mine was the Leia Poppins from from TLJ. Not the fact like I'm not even mad. That, uh, real like, real quick, Peanut Gallery directors would not make these decisions. This these are all oh, coming no, from Disney and the studios. The directors is, yeah. they they get duped into doing it because of money and contract stuff. This is all part of their promo obligations yeah that's their marketing machine yeah. jj definitely did not no, say hey this fucking let's Disney. put this in fucking yeah. in fortnite it's um, the studios 100 percent. yeah good final top so, bad and we we kind of tease this earlier yeah so the, the the leia poppins thing for me it's not to me it's not the fact that she's a force user and she could save herself from the vacuum of right, space right it's not that it's the visual effect of it Correct. like the literal like like that was the thing to me that got it. Like to it, it me, is, it is, it is. The, the flying motion is wonky as fuck looking. Yeah, it like it wasn't, and it was completely unnecessary too. Like to me, like what you have there that would make more sense is that the force, her force essence, just takes over, and like you don't even have to have her move. Like right. you she just like, she floats like in in her prone position, just kind of gets sucked back in by the force, and not like she's Superman. Yeah, and then like you could use like camera angles and lighting to pass across to the user to the watcher that like, hey, the force has taken over. Like you use musical cues, you use camera angles, and you use lighting to say like the force is at work here, and that is what's saving her. Which I'm totally fine with. You just can't make her like open her eyes and look like Mary Poppins and fly like this. Like yes. that's just not how you do it. 
Um, so that was my other my my other top bad moment. I didn't have any from TFA because, like I've mentioned multiple yeah, times, that, that, that's your movie. Yeah, um, like I love that movie. I love TFA, and I just don't think that there was anything as bad. I, I already outed my final top bad, and it was Kylo's Palpatine reveal to Ray. It's just again, it makes Adam Driver look like a a doofus. You just the just the way it's delivered is just like Ugh. <laughs> it's so dumb yeah, and and uh, you know this is on record too. I I hated the whole Ray Palpatine bullshit. I mean it's like why you don't have to make her a fucking Star Wars god. She could have just yeah. been Ray. That would have been fine. But no, you are Ray Palpatine. It's just it's just awful. I mean I I felt bad for a man like Adam Driver to have to deliver that line. So that, that was my final top bad. Uh, all right, top goods, Nick. I'll go ahead and start with this one. You kick it off, yep. And I got one leading here from TFA because Nick took my the the one I really wanted to do from <laughs> TFA, and that is the the Chewy were home moment, uh, and then dude. just really Han's talk with uh, Finn and Ray. Because honestly, my friends, that's <laughs> uh, I'm sure when we all watched that, we we're like, oh, this is why these sequel movies could be good. We're gonna hear the old people talk about their lives to the young people. We'll get a few more insights because. If you remember that conversation, he's like, yeah, Chewie, we're home. But then he he tells Finn and Ray, like, yes, the it's rebellion, the force, it's all real. Luke is this magical motherfucker. That was what I think we were all looking for in the sequel trilogy. Not so much the old people or the stars. I know some of you thought that the old, it was just going to be original trilogy take two. I never felt that way. But I did think we'd get more of the older people being mentors, relating stories to these uh, younger ones, kind of like we got a little bit with Lando and Tross. Uh, but I, it was just, it was a good scene. I mean, obviously it was nostalgic. You got Han and Chewie getting their Falcon back, and then you have them meeting the new crop of, of Star Wars legends. Uh, yeah. So it was just, it was a fun moment. And it was one that, you know, kind of tricked us because we didn't get much more of that moving forward into episodes eight and nine. Yeah. I mean, I, I got, I got chills just hearing you recount it. Cause that scene was so powerful and it did like, if you go and watch TFA and if you can like kind of put the rest of the sequel trilogy in a box and, and yes. store it away in your memory, yeah. if you just watch that movie, you're 100%. like, Holy shit, like there's a lot of good shit that can come here. Like there's a no, lot you, of No, dude, you're potential. 100% right. I, I remember walking out of TFA going, "Thank fucking god. It it didn't have the prequel vibe. Yes, it felt like a new hope, but is that a bad thing? And boy, have they lined stuff up to you know, uh get into some very interesting narratives and it just didn't go that way because they thought that it would be cool to hire three different artists who ha- all have their own vision to create a trilogy where you have to have a shared narrative. It's just, it's odd, but yeah. Uh, oh man. What was that? 2015. Those were the days. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> the, the, those were the lit- things were looking up for star Wars and then it just fucking <laughs> like the, uh, the, the era of new hope was 2015, but Oof, uh, didn't so last my, long. <laughs> yeah. My first, uh, my first top good also from TFA I like and top I have good. Top we're so from smart. Every like movie. Our, top good. Yeah. The top fuck good, is a top, top good? Top good moment. Exactly. <laughs> you fucking we're Star not. Wars time show with the Neanderthals. Yeah. But uh, I have top goods from every movie. So I have one from TFA, TLJ. Hey, what's Trust. your top good, dude? Top, top good. <laughs> so mine is, first one is, is TFA and it's, it's the Ray lightsaber moment 
Yes. In the in the forest yes. on fucking on Star Killer Base. Best moment of the sequel trilogy at this point. You can that that <sighs> you can write that in stone. Dude, I just like Every time I see that in my head and like I cried when yeah. that moment happened, it, like you see, cause like you see it, it's fucking like the, the lightsaber is in the ground. It's in the it's, snow. It looks after. just like in Hoth, right? I mean, yeah, it, it's even it's, like it's that angle, it wiggles a bit and, and you know what's happening, but you don't. And then it, it happens. And Dude. really we, we've talked about this scene a thousand times over. It, it's, it's, it's a perfect Star Wars scene. It's not the best scene. Remember, go check out our IG. I break down the revenge uh, mm-hmm. or the return of the Jedi fight between Luke and dad. The great part where Luke channels the dark side, that is the best scene in all of Star Wars. This one's probably number two because it has all the ingredients for a long-lasting make-fan-cry type of Star Wars moment, right, Nick? It's got the visuals, but then it's got that motherfucking John Williams music, in particular, Luke's theme. Yeah, dude, it just hits home. And it is, if you think about A New Hope... Just not just the movie itself, but the meaning and the words and what it is relevant to in Star Wars. That scene is the embodiment of the the phrase "A New Hope" for Star Wars because you see it like Kylo. You 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 know you're like Kylo is the last ancestral Skywalker, or you think at that point you're like, and you see him pulling at it. But then like just the way it was acted was perfect. Like the puzzling look on his face, like he pulls at it and it doesn't come. And like the way that Adam acted it, his face in that moment was pure confusion. And then when you yeah, he's see like, what the fly, fuck? Yeah, like you see it fly past because he says, he tells Finn, he's like, that is my lightsaber. Like that is my birthright. And then when you see it fly past him and you see the surprise, like the facial emotional acting in that scene was beautiful because you see the confusion on Kylo's face and then you see the absolute and utter like, surprise and then like this this huge burden of responsibility that is now on ray all done through daisy's face and when she ignites that lightsaber like oh like still even now dude like it's it's a great it it is it is a fantastic moment there's no doubt about it so good one like i said i would have taken it but you stole it (laughs) uh going to a movie that's uh, getting put through the ringer especially in our live chat a lot of people saying they they loved it when they saw it then they went home and hated it uh that's not my top when i first saw tlj i was like this is pretty fucking great that that was some crazy shit i thought they were gonna kill finn i I still think it has one of the better opening sequences to a star wars movie in terms of like the the drama and page tico and the bombs i liked all that Mm -hmm. Uh, Nick honestly was the one like hey this movie didn't quite jive with me so Nick is definitely more in line with most people on TLJ I'm not going to say it's my favorite I don't even think it's in my top five but I'm not going to sit there and say it ruined Star Wars for me I do like the unique take on it and I like what he was doing with Rey Uh, I don't like how angry he made Luke I understand Luke being sequestered I didn't really understand the anger towards Rey Uh, But we're not going to get into that. We're talking about top moments. So I do have a top moment from TLJ, and I'm going with the throne room surprise. (laughs) Not so much the fight, because if you honestly, 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 I sound like Sean Connery Sean Connery, yeah. (laughs) If you honestly watch that fight and you check out one of my buddies' stuntmen reacts videos where he breaks it down from the perspective of a stunt 
person that uh, coordinates fight scenes, this, that, and the other thing, you can see that there's just a ton of shitty action. But the surprise part of having Kylo murder Snoke, the first time I saw that, I was like, oh, that's pretty fucking interesting. So uh, it, it stood out to me then, stands out to me now. Uh, unfortunately, again, we went back to Tross and kind of forgot out, forgot about all that shit and just brought up the old big bad. So it didn't really matter in the end, but it was neat when you saw it the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it gives you like a clear villain. You're like, okay, like after the fight scene, when, when, when basically Kylo goes full bad, then you have like, you're like, okay, this is my clear villain for the next one. And you know, that in the way that it was done, the way that Ryan did that in TLJ was so cool. Like the way that you you basically have Snoke narrating his own death. Like yeah, yeah, no that that's the moment I'm talking about. Not so much the fight. Really, the only mm -hmm. cool thing about the fight is when Kylo, you know, I fucks the guy with a lightsaber. Yeah, no, and then like I I thought it was cool how you had like the red like the the silk burning in the background as right. the fight was going on like there were cool like th not really thematic but like there were cool background yeah, elements yeah, the visuals the visuals are there it, it was yeah. a neat throne room cuz he essentially was just in a big space dome and had those super long velvet curtains or whatever yeah uh, so when those lit you could actually see outside but it, it is it, it is an interesting scene it's just if you watch the fight and really pay attention. I mean, there's misses, there's stuntmen waiting for the the mains to come and attack them. It just looks silly. Yeah. Uh, so again, I'm referencing the the Snoke surprise. And as Nick said, it was just it was it was an interesting scene. Uh, all right, man. What do you got next? Um. So I'll stick with TLJ for my next one too, and I'll go with uh the TLJ opening fleet battle that you actually mentioned right before going into this. It was a moment unlike anything that we had really seen in star wars in a star wars opening it was the, a the, moment the, the of tension dude the tension yeah, the, the extreme high tension and it puts you on the edge of your seat from the moment that it starts like you get this you know you essentially and this is where you knew there was going to be a strong differentiation between the sequel trilogy and the original trilogy because we knew that there was going to be a mirroring of sorts until that kind of just kind of blew itself up, up between the original trilogy and the sequels. And we still did get a mirroring, but just slightly differently. But like this movie, TLJ is happening five minutes after TFA ends. Like, and when we talk about the original trilogy, like you have years of time between the movies. Like there's, there's time between these films. So like when this one comes in, you're immediately into bam, the invasion of the resistance base is happening and you have this massive fleet battle that is essentially kicked off by the hubris of Poe Dameron right. that causes the death of essentially the entire resistance fleet. <laughs> yeah. And just I mean, like everything around that, like the decision, like Poe going in and basically taking out a Star Destroyer by himself and then the bombers, the tension that's happening with the bombers, the Paige Tico moment that you mentioned, that whole scene was right. just so it was, well it was executed. Tension level 9,000. And it was excellent. Now, obviously, you lose that impact after you've seen it one time, right? You, you're never going to see that scene again. 
but I, I, like you said, I mean, just watching the first time, you know, Poe's kind of a wise ass to lead it off. But once shit starts to pick up, the bombers are coming in. They're getting fucking wasted because Poe's an idiot. And then we're just down the pages and she's falling and remotes are falling and it's going to fall again. And then she gets it and hits it. And it's like, blah, blah, blah. It's just it was a really uh, it's probably the most tense Star Wars space battle I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, it was for sure. Like even more tense than, yeah, I would say that the closest one to it is really like Death Star 2 end of ROTJ where like you find out that holy shit, Death Star is active and it just starts blasting the capital ships that are on the rebellion side. And then you're, and then you realize like, holy, this is a race against time. Like they need to get into the superstructure and blow it up before it obliterates the entire rebellion so. and like that's the closest one and i really do think that that opening fleet battle in terms of the the tension and and what's going on and the meaning of it after it's over was was up there it was, yeah, it was really good well stuff done. good stuff so there you go tlj we gave you a few positives after we kicked your dick multiple times <laughs> yeah uh, all right my last top good is going to tross and honestly, I'm going to qualify this with, I don't, I don't remember if it was Spencer that sent this to us or Jack over at X-Clue magazine, but someone has taken the I am all the Jedi scene from the Rise of Skywalker and perfectly edited in the Force ghosts. I need to see that. Dude, it <laughs> fucking kicks ass i like i need to go back and look or you need to send it to me again because yeah not I, sure I, I mean a, a good co-host and friend would uh <laughs> but dude i mean it's like when when she goes and i am all the jedi you see them all behind her all stick out their arms like throwing their fucking force power it just it, it makes the scene so much better i mean i already had it as a top good because i do like it i don't I think some of it's tied to my daughter and Ray and I have a little girl, that type of stuff. You fucking assholes with all your shit about Ray. Mm-hmm. Little girls need fucking heroes too, you cocksuckers. They do. But anyways, I just, I, I do like that moment where, you know, he gets his Sith arrogance and he's like, fuck you. You're just a fucking, you know, scavenger piece of shit, right? And she's like, you know, fuck you. I am all the Jedi. Crosses, melts his face, game over. But I'm telling you, and I, I think JJ probably wanted this in and Disney probably fucked him. We got to find the fan edit that adds all of the, the force Jedi. ghosts. It is, it is excellent. Excellent. Dude. So that's my, my final top good. And, and just like on Ray really quick, and I know that like people have issues with with her character and how she was a Palpatine and, and everything that kind of went down at the end of the movie. Like for those of you who don't know people that are like adopted or came from an adoptive family, like that is actually a very powerful moment. Like, I don't think people realize that because if you've never, if you've never like known somebody who's been adopted or known somebody who came from an abusive family and then like, and then found a real family and then takes on that moniker, takes on that name, like seeing that whole transition for Ray and how she, she essentially goes from the lowest of lows, knowing that she is a part of this, this awful legacy in the galaxy and, and being the spawn or like linked to this incredibly evil person and how that affects her. And then you see at the end of the movie that she takes on 
the Skywalker name and like that is her adopted family. Like that is a very powerful moment for people who've gone through that, for people who know I I could see who've gone through that. Like, but it's just lost because people don't like people don't see that scene and say like, oh, man, for people who've gone through adoption or who've who were raised in abusive families and then found a real family, like they don't make that link. And I think that no, that I wouldn't at all powerful. because I'm still sitting here going, I don't like Ray Palpatine or Ray Skywalker. I just liked Ray. But I, yeah. I get what you're saying. I mean, you're you're making a very valid uh, humanitarian point here. But we're also talking to a bunch of animals in True. the chat. Like they're over here, like fuck Ray. I would make my daughter like a soaker Leia. Like they they just don't understand it. Clearly yeah. not parents yet. So that's I'll I'll let them go yeah. on that one. It's fine. But um, it's so fine, my, you angry motherfuckers. So my final top moment from uh, so that wasn't my top moment. I just wanted to give you a piece on Ray because we were talking about that at the end. Um. My final top moment was from Tross 2. It's when the fleet comes in, like when, and we, I've talked about this moment multiple times. It's one of my favorite moments in the, in the entire sequel trilogy and, and in, you know, a lot of the Star Wars movies. So you're sitting there and you're seeing like the initial resistance fleet comes in and they're battling all of these star destroyers on Exegol and like shit just goes bad. Like there's no way that they can take out, even with a perfectly executed plan, the odds were against the resistance fleet to start. And then when the battle starts to turn bad, like when you're caught up in this movie, like your mind just forgets that the good people can't lose. Like when you're, when you're watching a movie that you enjoy, you have this cognitive dissonance where it's like, Oh my God, the heroes (laughs) could lose this. And like, you have that moment where Poe is sitting in his X wing and he's resigned to defeat. He's sitting there and he's like, we gave it our best shot, but it's over. Like we can't win. Like there's, we don't, there's not enough of us. And then you hear Lando come over the radio and like the way that JJ filmed this again, again, Nick though, what, what is the key ingredient for that scene and why it hits? It's, it's it's the emotion. It's the music. It's John fucking Williams. I'm telling you, none of us would like star Wars the way we like star Wars without John Williams. I mean, I'm talking, we don't even need George Lucas. John Williams is the guy that has kind of woven in the emotional memories we get. Cause at least for me in star Wars, the stuff that gets me every time gets me misty eyed is the music. Yeah. Yes. It ties to a scene. Yes. As Nick's saying, when you hear land over the radio and you see the fleet, that kind of adds to it, but it's a, it's when it kicks in a familiar sounding theme from star Wars, from when it all began the original trilogy. I mean, those are the themes that have stuck with all of us. There's great prequel themes too. I like a few of the sequel themes, but it's those OT themes that, I mean, I'm like a Pavlov dog. (laughs) All right. If I hear that shit and I'm in the right frame of mind, I'm, I'm looking at something or thinking about something. See you later. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, it was just, that scene was perfectly executed. And like I said, like I, that like, that's one of the scenes that gets me to tears every time. Like, even though I know it's kind of the fifth time I saw it in the theaters, the fifth time, when I saw it with Taylor in the theaters, like I still cried. It still hit like, and I knew it was coming and like, we're getting to it. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. And it happens and boom, it's, I still well up with tears in that moment. 
just because like you mentioned, it's the perfect execution of the emotion from the people who are, who are in the scene. And then that music comes in and then that's it. It's over for me. Um, so yeah, that is my last, uh, top good. That's the top good and top bad from the sequel trilogy. And, you know, we've said it multiple times. We said it multiple times before we even got to the segment. Like it's not perfect. There's it, it. It's not perfect in any way. And it could have like, there are very easy ways to make that sequel trilogy better, but there are two movies that I can watch in that sequel trilogy that pull emotion out of me. Like the prequels did not like, you know, like other movies that are not related to star Wars cannot, and that's how I know that I enjoy a Star Wars movie is if if you can elicit emotion from me by just, you know, me watching a scene or me watching a movie, I know that it's something that I enjoy. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I mean, honestly, TLJ gave me two of those scenes, but only on the first viewing. It was it was the the the, the tension we just talked about at the opening battle and then Finn's chicken game. Right. Yeah. But yeah, after you see game. it, after you see it, it it loses all of the impact. Where some of the scenes we're talking about will never lose it, like Rain or Saber. Uh, lots of for me, Return of the Jedi when Luke no comes out from mm. under the steps and starts beating the shit out of his dad. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm trying to think the prequels. I don't, I don't think this I have a single hard, scene man. that I can say that <laughs> gets me a little worked up. I really don't think there's a single one. Yeah, I mean it's it's difficult. I mean, like the I will say that per, like the, the maybe scene, duel the face just and it's more of like I get hyped like yeah, hyped, yeah like we're about to up. see a badass fight. But I will say that the one scene that we like I think that was done well by Hayden in three was right before they fight on Mustafar, where he's like he's pacing and you can just see that he's angry and he's like. He's ready to go and he's just fucking yelling at at Obi and he's like this is all your fault. Like I'm doing everything that I can to save the republic. Like that scene where he's kind of th- that conversation where Obi is cool and collected. He's like I know what I got to do and Anakin's just hot and he's he's pacing and he's just unhinged. I feel like that's a pretty good scene right before they start fighting. And like emotionally you're like it's not going to go well for you here. Like, like it doesn't like pull like, (laughs) like emotion, like it, like, you know, does in other movies for me, but it's like one of those scenes where it's like, you know, shit's about to go down and like, you know, what's coming up. Right. And I just think that that's a really well, like it's one of the few scenes in, you know, the, the prequel trilogy that I think is just well acted all around. Um, I, I think the best one really is when he's, he's finally burnt up and he goes, I hate you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's about it. No, honestly, him in the Lars homestead when he's talking about the sand people mur- murder, as I've said a thousand times, that's the Anakin I wanted to see a lot more of in the yeah. prequels. So, all right, so uh, turn it to the peanut gallery real quick. They've been going up and down all over the place. They're getting mad. Papa does have a nine year old girl, so sorry about that. Liam, we know you're young. You're probably too young to even be listening to this show because of my mouth, so don't get us arrested. <laughs> Apollo Ape has a five year old animal. That's good. Uh, but no, P- Papa said one day he needs to come on the show for a friendly debate. I said, hey, 
The mics are always open, my friends. We we were doing an interview circuit for a while, but we are the Star Wars time show, so we just fucking quit. But <laughs> yeah. anyone wants to come in on talk with us, we are here. Nick's not going anywhere, right? <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, so, we're available. We, we, look, we are here. We're, we're not here to, to fight motherfuckers. We, we just point out idiocy, right? Or yeah. I do. I, I, I respect people's opinions until they're stupid. Okay, And it's just like... You guys know all of our opinions. We state all of our opinions on the show multiple times. And it's not I like, like the tweak titties too, so sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not like we ever like we never say anything about the sequels being the perfect trilogy. We never say anything about the prequels being complete and and, and utter, you know drivel that needs to be redone like we never say anything like that i think that all of our criticisms for both uh for both trilogies are very clear and very concise and i i think it's hard to be argued like it is inarguable that the sequel the prequel trilogy is poorly acted like and that's that you can't well, i would even that. think the cast would would say that on record yeah. now they'd say yeah it was a fucking it was tough i mean we, we kind of hinted as much when you and was talking it's like hey this is gonna be way better than working on the prequels because i'm not gonna have to just pretend i'm staring at green shit anymore yeah like literally and then like you can even go through and watch other performances by the exact same actors and you can see like man I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the difficulty in reading the room because <laughs> Yo, of Hayden special. was getting Golden Globe nods <laughs> before the, the prequels. After the prequels, he did Jumper and died. Yeah, and that that was it. And like his 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 career literally fell off. It's a over. Like all he does now is straight the fucking DVD. Yeah. So I it's mean, a shame. Like I I like the guy. I really do. I like Hayden Christian. I. He's one of my favorite Barbie dolls. Like my one six yeah. scale Hayden Anakin is a thing of beauty. If you can say that about a man Barbie. And I mean, like if your arguments are going to be like, oh, well, they have plot armor or well, th- nothing bad can ever happen to this character because Disney doesn't want it. Like if your arguments are going to be Disney, this plot armor, that then those aren't real arguments because right. you're not putting any substance behind it. All I'm you're saying all, is I'm that- all up for like real debates, not just the, the knuckle dragger easy stuff, like the low yeah. hanging fruit, you know, Kathleen. Like ah, okay. Well, what does yeah, that mean? It's like, well, like say it like me. Do, do I think Kathleen has failed? Yes. Is it because she's a woman? No, it's because she was allowed to make really stupid decisions and people weren't checking it or whatever. And it led to a wonky ass trilogy that has fucked up Disney's plans for Star Wars. So, yes, I do think she fucked up, but it's not because she's a girl, which is where some of the other crowd goes. I'm not saying our peanut gallery. I'm saying some of the knuckle draggers out there. Yeah. And I mean, like in terms of plot armor and in terms of all of this other stuff that people bring up, every yeah, main let's character just for all any... remember. Let's just all remember that we are talking about science fiction, and we are throwing out opinions. Not nothing we're really saying is factual, right? Like when I say I like this scene, it's not a fact; it is an opinion. Yeah, but we're we live in a world now where that those don't even exist anymore. People have their own facts contrary to real ones. So that's all we're saying. We're all so, bad. Like, I think people think we're crazy here. 
Um, Triple P is not going to get uh, Ben Shapiro. Who likes Ben Shapiro in this chat? Leave. Gonna, Liam, how do you even know about that guy? I mean, isn't he like some right wing nut job? Debates. I don't yeah. know. Ben Shapiro is just a, he's just like a, a white supremacist who just sounds eloquent. That's what I mean. Like, so. what, what are we talking about here? Like, <laughs> what, what are you guys doing in this chat? All right. I'm going away from the chat because they're clearly drinking. It's all off the rails now. So oh, yeah. let's get into the rest of the fan segment. Let's, let's, let's go ahead and, and just get into that fan segment. Greggy Boy showed up. So we, we are ready to rock. Before we get into the top five, though, oh, we just I exposed one of the shots. Let me go ahead and switch up because we oh, have no. can't see the top five. Yet. We have some updating to do here with our questions to the fans. Here we go. You want to start with the force battle? Let's start with the force battle, and All then right. we'll break the uh, we'll we'll reveal the the vote for the fan name. Uh, so first off, go we ahead got, and kick this off. I gotta take a leak, so you go ahead and introduce the uh, round one here. Yeah. So first off, we got round one of the bracket. That was Chewbacca versus Lando Calrissian, and that that kind of went off as expected. In fact, I think it was a little bit too too kind to Lando in these votes. But the 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 final uh, tally here was eighty six percent Chewbacca, fourteen percent Lando Calrissian. And I can give you a breakdown of the of the votes themselves here in a moment, but uh, your number one seed versus your number sixteen seed is always going to be a little bit skewed, so no surprise there. Um, let's see, I'm getting to the the notable voters for these here. So C voters, so Orlando voters. Let's let's get some call outs here. Figure Hurts, Rust Bell Collector, Toy Box Photography, guys. We got Lando Calrissian votes from from these folks, from these prominent members of the Star Wars time community. I will call you a community until I reveal the the winner of the vote. Um, I saw some people in the in the chat that were like, uh, you know, they they're uh, you know, he could outsmart him. Lando could could be some, you know, do some trickery and somehow win this battle. I don't know if he could do enough trickery to to beat Chewbacca in, in a battle. So uh, that is <laughs> that's that that's my my two cents on that one. And then our next. Uh, hey, hold on, hold on, I'm back. Okay, so I'm we back, just I'm back. I don't know what the hell is going on there. So Chewy Lando, eighty six percent. Start 14%. wearing a diaper here. Yeah. So <laughs> the people that voted Lando, I'm guessing, were stoned. It's so or I, they I just revealed. they really like gambling or something because uh, I don't I don't I've never seen Lando enact any sort of plan success or, or smarts or tricks or anything like yeah, I mean figure, I guess figure he, hurts Rust Belt collector and toy box photography were our notable Lando voters questionable <laughs> questionable <laughs> oh well yeah hey, we're always gonna have a few trolls within these but hey if that's what they felt then then have at it but <laughs> i just I, I don't see i think we've already deemed chewy the winner of the whole bracket at this point so it could be i mean there's some there's some good matchups later on <laughs> but uh yeah i mean it was a very so total votes 97 to 16 in in favor of chewy so that was a pretty easy win there and then the the second round of the battle of course, it never goes well for our sequel trilogy friends. Um, it was Boba Fett versus Finn, and it was a 93% yeah, a to 7% vote for, for Boba. 160 votes to 12 for Finn. 
Um, the 12 Finn voters, I'm not going to call all of them out, but we got Sir Dork in there. We got Scion. Yeah. We yeah. got Action Figure Snaps. Yeah. And, you know, that, that, that's our, our prominent figure hurts. So some of our prominent members on there and then 160 votes for Boba. You can probably, uh, uh, Papa was in there. So Mr. Stormtrooper Davis, a lot of the, uh, you know, the, basically the rest yeah, of the I people mean, this, vote on our poll. I, I guess this is the right, the right vote. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I didn't even like Boba at eight. He should have been like a 15 or 16 in my opinion, but <laughs> I, so, like, to me, I think that this fight's actually closer than what you would probably see in the vote. Because, yeah. I mean, the one you, guy has the fucking force. Yeah. There I mean, is that. I know we, I know we yes. kind of took that off the table, but. Like, even if you take out his force ability, which kind of came in way at the end, like, and just look at him, like, he fought, he fought Captain Phasma to essentially a stalemate. And Captain Phasma is a trained First Order officer who, you know, is is known for brutality. So, like, he fought her to a stalemate. He fought Kylo Ren, even though he was in a disabled state at that time after taking that shot from Chewie. Uh, right I, in his that, fucking gut. That's a gut. good point. That's a good point. Like, he, he is... He's pretty good. I mean, like, he fucking fought the, the traitor Stormtrooper. Like, the only thing that we've seen Boba Fett do in canon is not much, dude. It's, it was mostly when he was a kid in the Clone Wars series. And then TV-wise, TV like, I mean... Well, that's uh, what I mean, but wise, I, I like, mean, in this chat, Boba's like a god. So, yeah, I mean, Boba that, Fett that's, is a god. I, I just, I never get it. I mean, you just literally, I, when I was just watching Return of the Jedi again, I mean, you could literally play the Benny Hill music during Boba Fett's sequence. It is that ridiculous. As soon as he lands on the skiff, see a gun, he then lassos Luke. Luke cuts it so hard that he trips Boba onto his face. Then he stands up, and that's when he gets his jetpack whacked by a blind person. That is a McClunky. Yeah, I mean, so that is, you know, I feel like our sequel trilogy... People are never really going to get love through the uh, SWT right. fan base. Not until, you know, 10 years from now when the next Star Wars trilogy <laughs> yeah, when comes there's, out. When there's and more they, Star Wars to yeah, hate on. And they hate that. And then they can go back and say, you know what, man? The sequel trilogy, <laughs> that was where it was at. <laughs> so yeah. I, um, I hear you. Well, there we go. The 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 battle of the... Do you have an official name for this one? Or is it just battle of non-force users? Maybe, maybe if somebody can throw out some names in the chat, maybe I can, I can use... Because I've yeah. just been... The battle uh, of the basics. Battle. Oh, that's a good one. Battle of the basics. I like that. Uh, All right. So, uh, up. Uh, what do we got? Are you going to release two more battles this week? Then two, two more. At least two more. I may do more. Um, so yeah. So more battles coming this week. We're going to work through the the bracket just like we did the last one. But so far, we're going to have uh, our next confirmed matchup is going to be actually. Our, our our well, our first round two matchup is going to be Chewie versus Boba Fett. So, oh please, people, don't 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 do this don't, to me here. Don't don't just explode Matt's brain. You know who should win I'll this de- fight. I'll delete the tournament if Boba <laughs> Fett beats Chewbacca. It's, yeah, it's like done. So that's that's the next upcoming uh, round two battle. But we have a lot of round one to finish before we get there. So uh, now it is time to reveal the official reveal of the. Star Wars time fandom go. moniker. 
And for those of you that are unhappy with it, well, I guess you should learn to vote. Yes, this is a good a The picks good are in. Here. The final two, you guys would remember last week we left with Dewanawangas, the uncivilized, the Fandalorians, and the assholes. Yes. That got limited to Fandalorians and assholes. Yes. And now, without further ado... You guys picked by a margin of at least the one I'm seeing, 52 to 48, the Fandalorians. The Fandalorians. So all of you are now Fandalorians. You're, that is You're the Fandal- Those in the live chat, they're still their own little special yeah. group. They're, they're like the... Fandalorians slash assholes is yeah. what they are. But um, so the way that this broke down was... The the initial like people like you know people that are in the chat here will probably think that that it was you know assholes was going to win by a large margin but even in the uh, the four way vote the final vote came down to Fandalorians had thirty one total assholes had thirty three total and then there was about thirty to forty votes that were split between uncivilized and Dewanawanga. So I was telling Matt as this was breaking down, like it's gonna come down to however the undecided voters vote in the top two. And the way that it went was you had 70 for Fandalorian, 64 for Asshole. So a majority or or more of the undecided voters after the two were were cut went towards Fandalorians than they did assholes. So I mean, yeah, they're saying here that they're in the chat where uh, Klondike is saying that Doomcock rigged the vote. I see that. <laughs> That's Doomcock right. He, he heard all the shit I was talking today. So he Doomcocked our faces. And look at that. Spencer voted on four accounts for assholes and it's still lost. <laughs> you guys want to hear something funny? Like how stupid I am when, when it was still to the four and Nick's like, yo, these two are, are running away. It was so far, Nick, that I could have voted for the other one. It would have made a dent, right? So my idea was like, okay, I'll vote at least for the one that I like out of the two. I still ended up voting for the ones that weren't going to go anywhere. Yeah, you like voted I, for I, I threw my I threw my votes away, essentially. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, I wanted Dewanawangas. I mean, I, I think that's fucking great. I was having a, a blast. I think it was Friday night talking with uh, Bossajan in here. I mean, this is the motherfucker that was too lazy to even submit the McClunkies for the name. And I, I thought that was excellent, but he fucked up. Yeah. So uh, but no, Dewana Wangas, I mean, fantastic. Bib delivers it so well in the movie. I was having dreams mm-hmm. of maybe getting my head tails and just saying it on mic over and over and over again. But we're left with uh, Fandalorians. It's kind of, it's a little PC for me, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how votes work. So like, this is the full breakdown of the four-way vote. It was 33 votes for assholes, 31 votes for Fandalorians, 11 votes for uncivilized, 15 votes for Dewanawangas. Um, I can, I can't see, I mean, like I can see who voted for each one, but the way it shows on the app, it, like it, d- depending on how long somebody's name is, it won't show it. But then in terms of the breakdown for for Fandalorians versus assholes, let's let's give the breakdown. Let's see who Intergalactic Raptor, Fandalorians. Um, Galactic Photography 66, Fandalorians. Dad Fett, Fandalorians. Lego Star Wars Tong, Fandalorians. Uh, Haywood Pop, 
Fandalorian. Oh, I snuck one in there. Eat it. <laughs> uh, Swit Picks, Fandalorians. Toy Box <laughs> Photography, Fandalorians. Um, I fucking cheated. Corona 4, Fandalorians. It was a mail-in, it was a mail-in ballot, Nick, it was a so mail-in it's, it's ballot. illegal. Delete it, right? Because mail-in voting is illegal. <laughs> uh, Liam, Ma- uh, Fandalorians. Augusto, Fandalorians. And, and, and Liam's in chat yeah. right now saying, hey, we can always switch it up later. These motherfuckers. <laughs> that's Rust why I love collector. that Nick calls people out for their oh, vote. Dude, I you're love gonna it. Get, you're going to get called out. You, can't, you can't hide behind your keyboards here. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Forney, Fandalorians, Rust Bell, Fandalorians. So, like, those are some of our notable uh, Fandalorian voters, plus a bunch of other people who probably listen on the podcast I don't want to call out. I'm just calling out people who are vocal in our chat, <laughs> in our comments, uh, as, as, as the uh, voters. People who funny. voted for assholes. Let's see. I wanna, I'm going to scroll through assholes and see if all of the assholes in the chat actually voted. Uh, well, anyone so in far. this chat by default is an asshole, so we already action know it's not snaps. true because Liam voted for Fandalorians. Yeah, uh, action figure snaps voted for assholes. Nico Tronus assholes. The Sith Lord of Lego assholes. Kingdom of Weird assholes. Um, let's see. Where's Greg? Greg had all his songs. A S S H O L E. I'm an asshole, right? I mean, we're, we're getting hit assholes. with so much propaganda this weekend. So, so here we go. Klondike, his vote was in. Sir Dork voted for assholes. Hey, they want to know your vote, Nick. Would you vote? I or, didn't vote. I didn't what vote would on you it. have voted? I it, what would I have voted? I would have voted for Fandalorians. Uh, Drew Toys, Spencer, and then I could see fucking Spencer's other account here. <laughs> He's got, Baron's got burner accounts for our, yeah. our stupid votes. I like Wild it. Wing was assholes, Star Wars Toy 73, and then Greg is in here too, Cryo, Matt Jessup, Captain Ordo, Tones, fucking Papa didn't even vote. So there we go. That's the breakdown. So uh, right now, just, Papa at this very moment, I guarantee you has that snow speeder out and he's probably weathering it and getting it ready to go out into his trench diorama yeah i can feel it like i just i have a feeling the force is giving it to me right now papa is gonna have something with the snow speeder by this friday i i can't wait to see it too because i can only imagine how that shit's gonna be uh you know looking in his trench and his awesome little backyard setup so i'm looking forward to it but that's it guys it's fandalorians and look i like it because you can you can shorten it you could say fandos. I like the fandos, honestly. I, yeah. I can get behind fandos. So, but that's how voting works, people. For the young crowd out there, Liam, I don't know if you're old enough to vote. No that's way, That's how man. voting works. When you go out and you vote and somebody wins all the votes, well, not in America because they got the electoral college. <laughs> yeah, there is no. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm going to institute the SWTSEC. And I'm giving all of the EC's votes to Daywanawangas. So fuck everybody. <laughs> you lose <laughs> you lose all your votes. I just electoral colleged your asses. Yeah. So the electoral college has now said that we're the Daywanawangas. But so Liam's not even old enough to vote yet, but that's how it works, people. <laughs> yeah, he can't vote. <laughs> you can't you can't you gotta come out, come to the polls, and then that's it. So Fandalorians is the winner. Maybe, you know, eventually we'll hey, have don't, to see. Don't worry. There's, there's a good chance that I'm still going to call most of you assholes. I mean, that's just because that's what you are. You're just assholes. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you want me to keep calling you that, have at it. But, you know, it's the fandoms. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see if we can somehow incorporate Fandalorians into... <laughs> 
um, some of the things we do in the future. Yeah, we like, the, the, the Fando Roundtable. We get on here and start flinging poo at each other about our differences of opinions in Star Wars movies. <laughs> oh, man. First guess, Papa Palpatine. But I will say, I mean, Bostagen's out here saying this is as rigged as the 2016 election. You saw who rigged it. Spencer voted four times for one for for the loser. <laughs> so uh, that's the rigging right hey, there. Hey, hey Bossajan, just fucking submit the proper name next time, right? Yeah, you if know, you get, I'm McClunkies pretty sure McClunkies would at least made it to the final four. It definitely would have. So, <laughs> um, you motherfuckers. What are the states in the SWTS nation or the SWTS country? Uh, I unfortunately <laughs> have to live in uh, Ohio, which is yeah. one of the shittiest states in the union. Just well, it's boring, bland. It's just it's just farm belt Midwest. Blah. If we're if we're going by where we actually live, I live in Texas. But if we, if this is our own country that we're building, we can start to name the states whatever we want to. <laughs> exactly. So. Um, Hey man, that's that's how it breaks down. Fandalorians, the maybe, United States of Fandaloria. Yeah, like maybe what we'll do is once we like, if we eventually do get our merch machine up and running, we can have like a a t shirt <laughs> that'll have like SWTS on the front. I voted but, assholes. Yeah, yeah. Like what we what we'll do is we'll put Fandalorians in big letters on the back, but like right here on the sleeve in tiny letters, right. we'll put assholes i'm a true all asshole of, all of those out there who are yeah, really i'm a i'm a true asshole like that. yeah but i do like i do like fandalorians i like fandos there's a lot of fun well, you i wasn't can have thinking that way I, I fandos has grown on me more than fandalorians but I, I like it so and then then we can say that we are a clan of many you there know you there you we go. are we are a clan of many just like how uh mando and the baby are a clan of two we are a clan of many, and we hope that our clan continues to grow. So appreciate everybody going out and voting uh, on the polls, on the names. Uh, they, they have a hashtag for themselves. Hashtag assholes for life. <laughs> there we go. Hey, Greg, uh, Nick's not allowed to promise gear anymore. I've, I've already, I put him, I took him to the woodshed on that because of you. Because of people yeah, like you, Nick's no longer allowed to promise milestones. That's it. See, that's it. All <laughs> of you guys have now made it to where, uh, you know. Uh, I'm I literally, at this point, I am dragging my feet just because of all you idiots so it's keep at time, it keep the hat time. chats going or the hat chance it's just going to take longer and longer i was gonna say every time a hat I love message it. comes through to us it just takes yeah i mean at longer. this point that's just going to be our new running thing is that we're supposedly going to get hats when we're at five thousand. so when we hit ten thousand, still don't have hats it'll be legendary at that point like it'll be a fan uh, legend that they can tell the new fans i can remember yeah. back when at 5000 when we thought we were getting hats what i did still say have is that <laughs> i meant 5000 on youtube and we're not even close we only got like 1100 on youtube so <laughs> yeah there you go he, he didn't mean instagram damn it he said youtube yeah go back and listen to the tape <laughs> Yeah, if we got five thousand on YouTube within like a month, I would make the hats myself. Yeah, literally. But, uh, like I, I, I would, say, I would harvest the cotton. I would stitch it. I'd sew it. Everything. I, I would be, I, I'd be happy though if we, if, if once we do get the hats up and going, if we could get like Fandos or like Fandalorians and little letters right on the side, I think that would be pretty cool. So we'll see. I know that the hat thing is. <laughs> 
fucking <laughs> stick up a lot of people's asses, but we will uh, no, get I them mean, out. really, at this, like I said, at this point, it's, it's become a legend within the show itself. So yes. I'm just going to keep it going. We'll get them. And I will say that for those of you who don't live in America, America's basically turned back into ground zero for covid right like this this shit has the, i'm pretty sure the eu again. just banned the entire fucking no, country like you can't uh, even and yeah. that's another unfortunate thing is that taylor's parents live in italy and like she was planning to go back at a certain time but italy has literally closed its borders to to Americans. Well, i remember at, at a, one point in time italy was the big clusterfuck and then and then we won the play and we we're like yeah yep. we did it we're number one again making america great <laughs> yes winning oh, look at this now liam's putting up excuses he's like my parents love watch love my it. social media like uh, a hawk right. and made me we don't want to we don't want to poke him too much he is a minor still like uh, i'm serious i'm gonna be in fucking jail yeah like he's so, clicking on these videos i think i have age restrictions on i'm gonna get arrested there we go so all right so that was fun my friends you fando right. assholes yep. uh but it, it, it's about that time it, it is. is that time of the show to honor the fandos, the assholes, the mandos, the daywana wangas, whatever you want to call them. It is time for the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. And guess what? It is a plus one type of show. So yes, it is a plus one. I've got mine to talk about after Nick lays down his top five. Remember, if you want to get involved in this little social party, you have to use, or you don't have to. We appreciate it if you do, because the big accounts never will. Uh, big, uh, we appreciate the Papa P's. Be like him. Be like Super Scoundrel. Be like everyone in the peanut gallery and use hashtag Star Wars Time Show and tag at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram with your Star Wars shots. Hell, be like Greg or Liam or some other people and tag us in all of your shots. We get Indiana Jones from Liam. We get Marvel from Greg, DC from Greg. You never know. It doesn't matter as long as you're using the hashtag. One of our two dumbasses will look at it. I line them up throughout the week and then Nick settles on his five favorites for the show. And that is where we are at. Nick? begin begin the first up for the top five this week is i love this. i think it's a super fucking fun shot this is from at corona four on ig uh has been in the top five before and it's with creative little shots like this <laughs> so what we have is is farmer palpatine out here and he's out here and he's feeding his his little porgs he's feeding his little his little contingent of porgs on his farm and dude the the best thing about this shot to me is one like Palpatine looks genuinely happy in this shot. If you look at his face, even though it's the fucking old, wrinkled, angry palp face, he's got a smile on his face. He's happy to be out here on his farm. You can see the farmhouse in the background, all the greenery, and just the little porgs all around there eating up their little food that that happy little palps out here throwing out to him. I just thought that this was such a creative cool shot. Yeah, no, th- this was this was <laughs> epic. And I, I don't know if Nate listens to the show. Uh, he always. You know, whenever we feature him, puts up, listen to these two guys. They're great. Hopefully he he's listening. But yeah, at Corona 4, I wonder if he's been uh, targeted with harassment because and of his maybe, name yeah. and all these idiots over here, right? Yeah. At least his, not, his name isn't 5G. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but anyways, yeah, this, this, as I said, is a creative gem. You got the little porgies out there representing the little, you know, chickens or hens. And somehow he gets 
angry curmudgeon always pissed off at the world palpatine to as nick said look genuinely happy carefree to be out on the farm tending to his flock uh it is a digi shot i I did look at it he i think he shared a a brief bts so you know you got the the farm back there in the digital background and everything in the in the foreground is legit the the floor the the dirt the the bird seed whatever you want to call it and of course the (laughs) porgs so yeah, I, I loved it, man. I mean, uh, my top one is is similar in that it's kind of a a fun, uh, comedic type of shot. So yeah, we're 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 kind of feeling that mantra this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's you need something to lighten the week up a little bit. So it was really cool to see this shot from Corona Four come across the feed. Awesome job. Really well thought out. Just a fun uh, fun concept. <laughs> it is now you put. Pl- I- how did he get him to smile? Maybe the one of the face sculpts is just naturally that way, or I, I don't know if I he think did you some. Have a shot like that shot, that really good portrait shot you took of Palpatine. It was like last year, I think. Yeah, that that smiled. was Hot Toys Palpatine, though. I mean, that, that's okay. that's fucking three hundred dollar Palpatine versus thirty dollar Palpatine. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Corona. Uh, if you're listening, Nate, if you're out there. Let us know how you get it. Like, is this just like a head sculpt for this? Is it this might a be. It might be. Cause you know, it's, it's like that smile he gives when he sees Luke and Vader cross sabers. Like, yes, finally yeah. they're doing it. Like that type of uh, demented yeah. joy. Even like when, when Anakin kneels down in front of him in episode three, he puts on like that smile. Good, good, good. good. Yeah. Yeah, so a, a clan, a clan of many thunder cunts. <laughs> oh my fuck? god, who who is that? <laughs> who do you think, man? Bossa Jane. I mean, he's he's up there with my mouth in terms of just being ridiculous. I mean, the, the, the people from down under are definitely <laughs> a little bit more foul mouth. What is than a we are? thunder cunt? I like it, and I'm gonna start using it. Oof, man, that's gonna give us the explicit rating on fucking. Uh, <laughs> on uh all of our podcast Thunder platform. cunt. I'm gonna have to look that up. Hopefully it's not something bad and I keep saying it, I'm gonna get fired. But I, You're I, gonna I get like fired, it. all right. Yeah. Thunder <laughs> you better cunt. watch your mouth. <laughs> um good stuff at Corona Four. Yeah, at Corona Four. Great, great follow. Beautiful he he stuff. does a a lot of the mythic legions or, or legends type of you know, orcs and ogre type type of shots in addition to Star Wars. Good stuff. So next up we have Oh yeah, he's one, in the chat. One of our favorites here. This is at Super Scoundrel Devin. Uh I mean this is just like when I saw that there were two, like we may see something similar to this a little bit farther down, but like this fucking Maldalorian yeah. from from Devin is just so badass that like when I saw it, I was like, holy fuck. And the fact that he's able to like seamlessly incorporate real ass mountains in the background and you can't even tell that like hey these are real these aren't animated it's just like even more impressive so like devin's work on this on this maldalorian is just mind-blowingly good like all of like devin always gets incredible detail into his work but like the like the weathering on the armor the reflection within the mask of the maldalorian Everything is just so perfectly done here. Like it blows my fucking mind. It's incredible. It, it, it's it's fantastic. And I, I don't know if you know this, but the other one you threw in here, this was actually a, a team up project they did. Did you know that? I did not know that. Okay, okay. so this was, I don't know if, if Super Scoundrel went to the other artists we're, we're going to talk about soon. 
or or what, but they actually linked up and created this this character in their own styles. So Super Scoundrel did his vector art where was it like Massey or we'll get to it, but that he did his version of this Maldalorian in his unique style. And yeah, it's just it, it's a fantastic union of Star Wars fan art. Kind of like, hey, this is what I do with my art. What do you do with your art? And then here we go. They each create something that made it into the top five in the same week. Yeah, dude, it's it's an incredible <laughs> like I, not knowing that they were both linked is is really cool because I just saw both of them and I was like, damn, dude, like we got. Well, two I mean, uh, Super Scoundrel like- essentially exposed me and now you to a- another artist that we're going to follow and hopefully he tags. I don't know if we can get Devin to beat him up and give him a black eye to remind him to tag all the time, so I don't get on here and whine like a little baby. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a it was a, a team up project, and I think it turned out a okay. You just you gotta love Devin's the vector art style, the shine it always has, and like I said, it just it feels like it should be printed on metal. Yeah, I know, right? It's just so fucking cool. So. Uh, at super underscore scoundrel on Instagram. If you guys aren't following him by now and you've been listening to this show right. for any amount of time, shame on you. If it's you're just, new to the show, it's make another sure account where I literally, he shares stuff and it's always featureable. So sometimes it's a, a Sophie's choice. Sometimes it's a, all right, I'm going to put it in the feature folder and, and we'll get to it down the road. Uh, speaking of which, my friends, the feature folder is getting out of control. <laughs> it's about 150 right now. There we go. Uh, I, I'm still only doing 12 features a day. I don't know if I have it in me to feature more because actually. Yeah, I don't know if we should go over that. Amount. It's just, dude, I mean, it, it, it literally eats up an hour of my day. I'm not. Um, it, it's fine. I'm looking at badass Star Wars fan art, but it's still time. I've got a little kid. I've got a job, this, that, and the other thing. It's just that there's, it's, it's existing Star Wars time fans that keep using the tag and, and, and are getting better at the hobby. But there's also, you can tell new people that are either getting exposed through people like Super Scoundrel, those that throw us up in their stories saying, hey, idiots, use this tag. It, it's getting nuts. So keep on tagging my friends. Trust me. I would say everyone in our live chat right now probably has a shot in the feature folder that is being queued up to be shared at some point. If you really want my uh, my process, I go through the the new tags and hashtags first. I will grab a link of uh, of either a brand new account or from an account that I haven't seen before or if the shot is just ridiculous, that one is getting featured first. From there, I then go back to the feature folder and I start with the most recent shot. I'll release five of the most recent, as in the oldest in terms of date. Then from there, I just start scrolling through like it's a fucking, uh, you know, close my eyes and stick a hand on a square. That's who goes next. So there really is no formula outside of if I see it initially and it blows my socks off, it may get shared right away. Otherwise, it's going into the feature folder and you're either going to get shared chronologically in reverse order or through the random. I'm just going to pick a square and feature it type of uh, setup. So there you go. That's the magic. That's the that's the whole process. And you know it. And then like it's it's hard like. I know I say it all the time, but it's hard to pick five. I mean, Matt's sharing 12 shots a day 
12 shots a day and he's doing it seven days a week. So do your math there. What is that? That's 84 shots or something like that. I dedicate a good part of my week to you motherfuckers on top of that. I mean, the show day. Yeah, we're live on the show for two or three hours, but that doesn't account for the hour or so of of prepping our shitty material, this, that and the other thing. So I love Star Wars. I love you fans. Now just show it to me in return. Lots of it. Tell me I'm special. Tell me I'm going to be as popular as a Doomcock one day. Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. We can only hope to be I want to reach the heights of Doomcock now that I've heard out, now that I've found out about him. My goal is to be Doomcock 2, the sequel. Yeah. The, the ruler, the eventual ruler of the universe, not just right. the world. So. Exactly. Lord All Doomcock. Right. I will be Lord <laughs> Doomcock. Anyways, back to the real artist at Super Scoundrel. Keep it up, buddy. Yes, I have your shore troopers in the queue. Beautiful. Um, next up, we got an absolutely awesome shot by Switpicks at Switpicks on Instagram. And, and really, what's cool about this shot is not only is it a great shot of General Kenobi flanked by some of the, the more notable clones, but it's just like it's so colorful. And when you think of clones in your head, if you're not too familiar with like the Clone Wars TV series or anything like that, then like you don't think of them as a colorful bunch of people. Like you're like clones that wear white armor and that's about it. They're very uniform and straightforward. But if you look at all of the different colors for all of the different units and all the different types of clone troopers that are shown here in Swift Picks' shot, it really like puts into perspective how unique each one of these soldiers are. And that was the whole beauty of the Clone Wars is like you took what was essentially thought of as a as a mindless group of drones with stormtroopers and with the phase one clones from the movies. And they gave them personalities in a way that you would have never imagined before. And I think that with this simple shot, Switpix is really able to, to give you an appreciation for all the different types of troopers that they, that they are in the, you know, the pre. Yeah. I mean, universe. dude, just in terms of staging, uh, I, I don't know if he has all these or if he is doing some layering here, but even if he did layer, I mean, l- look at the, the, the effort that would have went into setting up the shot. Mm-hmm. Let's say he did have all these fucking clones. Getting these dickheads to stand up right next to each other is not easy. It is not fucking easy. Uh, and even layering them because he'd have to plan it. All right, I'm going to put the yellow one here, take a shot, and then move the yellow one this way and take a shot and repeat for blue, green, red, so on and so forth. So the setup to the shot is insane. And I believe he's reusing a a dio he built out of space walls to recreate the bounty hunter scene from Empire. Mm-hmm. So he actually has like that little pit area that allows for the other clones to be at on a lower level than the plane that Obi and the, the commanders are on. Yep. It's just, it really is. It's just the, the setup to me is the most impressive. Uh, this is one that, uh, no, like for me, uh, patience, no way. <laughs> Could you imagine like the story I told last week? Like if I had this all set up, finally, it was lit the way I want. I had it in the viewfinder, my camera, and then either a cat or one of the figures falls over and dominoes the entire fucking thing. Oh, dude, you would have, you wouldn't have just like, I have that one would have been the stroke. Like, yeah. That would have <laughs> been the stroke that finally does me in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the level of effort put into this setup is impressive. And I mean, just even like the posing, like the posing on Kenobi is so good. Like 
his head tilted down, like surveying the troops, the, the helmet under his arm, like the way that he's got his his uh, left arm kind of cocked up on his on his hip. I mean, it's just an all around excellent job of the setup of the, the execution of the shot. It's just really well done at uh, Swit Picks on Instagram, two T's on Swit. Um, so, yeah, beautiful job. Well done, sir. Um, next up is, is the follow-up shot is the follow-up piece of art from Devin's, uh, that we showed up first. And this is at Masso art on Instagram, M-A-S-S-O-A-R-T first time in the top five. So this was the team, team up between the two. I don't know if they're like, yo, let's just fucking pick a, a mall DeLorean and you riff and I riff or if, if, uh, Masso saw Devin's and then came up with his take either way, it's fucking badass. And this guy's got a red lightsaber and the dark saber and the dark saber. This looks like something that would be like the art style of the Gennady clone wars. Like if you think back, like to the Gennady art style, I see this and I'm like, man, this could really kind of fit in with that Gennady Tartakovsky art style from the old clone wars. And I dude, I love it. I love the way that like, he took, like you said, it's not the same one because you can see, you can look on the, like, he gave cool stylistic stuff to the armor. So he's got, like, a lot of, like, awesome stylized um, etchings on his armor. Oh, he's, he's actually, got, he actually joined the chat here. We got uh, Masso Art in the chat. He came just at the right time. I'm guessing Devin tipped him off. Who knows? There we go. But, but yeah, uh, I mean, thanks for joining up, man. This is awesome looking art here as as we've been sitting here essentially uh, masturbating over it uh, <laughs> of all of its excellent qualities. But yeah, I mean, this, this I'd like to see an action figure of this dude they cooked up, which... We were kind of I talking about think, we we might get a Maul DeLorean Black Series, just depends yeah. what version. Yeah, I almost think that this is like, this is Masso's take on what uh, Maul's Maul DeLorean armor would, would look like, because he's whipping Maul's saber. Like, his his saber that he's got in the back is the Maul hilt style. And he's got the dark saber, like you mentioned, so I feel like this is Masso saying, like, if we ever saw Maul in his oh, if, in I his gotcha. Maul DeLorean armor, this is what it would be. That's even bad. I think I think you're dead right. I don't know. I mean, they're on a little bit of delay. Maybe he'll he'll chime in. But I, you may be spot on, or it's just you know them making more of an homage to their leader. But e- either way, that detail on the armor, good pickup there, dude. That that is fucking yeah, badass. Like, that matches like his Sith tattoos and everything. Oh too. yeah, totally. I mean, so like that's my that's where my mind goes again. Like I'm not the artist; I don't know what the interpretation was. No, remember last week we decided on it. Like if we can't think of the proper term, we just say he arted the shit out of it. Yeah, it's fucking arted the hell out of this one. (laughs) Uh, Both, yeah, both Devin and Masso really fucking. I mean, hopefully they they do a few more team ups. And again, Masso, keep uh, nail, uh, keep tagging us, buddy. Hashtag Star Wars Time Show tag at Star Wars Time Show on IG. We definitely want to see more of your Star Wars yeah, pieces. So in, in the chat says, uh, Masso says that we nailed that that's exactly what it was going for. Right. It was Maul, like this is what Maul would be in his armor. So fucking excellent job. I mean, just so well yeah, executed. Yeah, that, that, that's face tattoo worthy. I would slap that on my face. I, I have multiple <laughs> super scoundrels on my face at this point in time as well. And yeah. some on the back and maybe my tits. I can't remember. <laughs> I've been placing super scoundrel art all over my body and my head for really since we ever found them. So. so yeah, I mean, Devin, what you need to do is get yourself <clears throat> on 
learn how to tattoo get yourself on tattoo <laughs> alley at the next star yeah, wars celebration easy. and then when we go you can tattoo matt with your own original <laughs> artwork so. yeah I'll, I'll be your guinea pig it'll come out and be like all crooked lines and shit hey <laughs> look you never know but i'll have uh, an original super scoundrel on, on the back or the face somewhere there we go so uh, at Masso Art, M-A-S-S-O-A-R-T on Instagram. Beautiful work. Yes. Absolutely excellent yes, job. Yes. Um, so next up in our top five, and this is going to be the last of the top five before we get to the Matt top one, is a shot from Action Figure Showroom at actionfigure.showroom on Instagram. And it's a really cool kind of, uh, you know, quad shot. It's a, it's, a, it's a gathering of the original trilogy crew um, in the, in the, the Hoth hallway, we see Luke, we see Leia, we see Han, we see Chewbacca in the background. I just thought it was a really cool shot that like puts all of our original trilogy favorites together in Hoth in their Hoth gear. This um, is Nick. I don't know if you know, this is actually a recreation of a promo image from what late seventies, 80 itself of the so cast. So this is like leading up to like the release of ESB. This was kind of um, like, I'll, I'll just go to his account. Cause he actually tagged the picture next to it. Let me pull it up here. So everyone can see, here we go. So there's a shot. And then, Oh it, shit. I yeah, see. It's actually it. based on a, like a promo shot where the, all the actors were dressed up and doing a pose for somebody. Yeah, that's really fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, that's one of the reasons I picked it. It is a great recreation, but I just, you know, I just, they look good. I mean, the, 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 all the figures look good. It looks like he swapped a, I think that's the Return of the Jedi, the new Return of the Jedi Luke head onto the old Hoth Luke body, and they got current heads and sculpts for Han Leia and Chewie. Dude, he, so. he really nailed the poses, too. If oh, you yeah. look at, like, he, yeah. he nailed the poses with the guns and everything for all of the figures. I just like how disinterested uh, Carrie and Harrison look in, in the actual shot. Yeah, they're like, fine, we're going to take this picture. Look, I mean, look, yeah. Carrie's like, hold on, did you take the picture yet? I'm getting set up. Hot. <laughs> Harrison's like, fuck. Why didn't they kill this character in the first one? And then you got Mark, you know, he's, he's all like, shit, I was just in a crazy ass car accident. I'm lucky to be alive, still making movies. Can, uh, my yeah. face wasn't too fucked up. So yeah, here we go. Yeah. So, uh, fun shot, fun setup from, uh, action figure showroom on Instagram. Uh, well done. And that brings us out of the top five oh, yeah. into Matt's top one. So take it away, Matt. Yeah, my top one this week is a shot that uh, a lot of you probably have seen. Uh, it's from my buddy Jason B. Michael. He's, again, someone that for some reason came to me over a year ago and asked for advice. I think he was probably high on drugs because as you will see throughout his portfolio, his his toy photography game has gotten exceptionally strong in just a year's time. And, and this shot right here is, he's got a Gamorrean guard running with a carrot. You have a Muppet chicken in front of him, a pork behind them. Then you've got the, the Swedish chef from the Muppets <laughs> behind him. You know, like the horsey, 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 that guy chasing him down, wanting to, you know, essentially cut him up, uh, execute him to eat. It's just, it's a fun shot. And, and the reason I picked it for the top one is... It, it just looks excellent. It's funny as hell. But Jason's had this shot lifted on so many other platforms at this point that I just wanted to once again give him the recognition for the idea. 
Uh, he was posting his story all week long last week. I mean, sites on Facebook, cop in the shot, no credit, uh, other people on Twitter, TikTok, this, that, and the other thing. Be like us. If, if you're going to fucking share someone's work because you like it, only share it if you can credit the person and if they're okay with their work being shared. I look at everyone's fucking bio if they're new when I go to share a shot on Star Wars Time Show. I look for any don't post or post with credit, this, that, and the other thing. And I'll even look if they're saying, hey, ask me to post. I do all this because of the, the 10 plus years I spent in online media for game shit, getting sued one time for using a picture that I didn't ask permission for. Luckily, it was an Instagram embed and I didn't get in trouble, but I learned my lesson. You don't fucking steal people's art. You don't share people's art unless you can give them credit. So that, that is one of the main reasons I'm talking about this Jason B. Michael outside of it just looking fucking awesome. And awesome stuff typically does get stolen by pieces of shit. So uh, the moral of the story here is Jason B. Michael is excellent at toy photography. He's gotten really good at posing and just creating scenes. And point number two (laughs) is there's a lot of fucking dickheads out there that don't quite understand art, how to share art, and how to provide proper credit or attribution. And the best part is... Some of these people, when the artists go after them and say, hey, man, I'm glad you like it. Could you just credit it? The motherfuckers start yelling at the artists. And that's what really gets my balls in a bunch. It's like, really? You're going to steal the shit, not credit it. Then when the artist and his army of friends come to tell you that you suck, you're going to then blame it on the artist and say they're fucking stupid. Yeah, that's that's insane to me. Like, I don't understand that mindset. I don't understand that thought process in any way. And then, like, I know that some people are even like, well, I'm giving you a boost because I have more followers than you. It's like, you're not giving me shit if you don't credit me. Exactly. So, exactly. Like, they're, they're assholes. It's what, They are fucking lazy assholes. There, there's every single day I'm an explorer and I see shit and I'm like, that's badass. But, oh, it's some dickhead instagram account sharing it no credit i know they didn't do it if you look at their profile i mean their art basically they can do every fucking style of art on the planet so i know that they're just someone that's stealing shots and uploading them as their own yes we we feature shit on our account but i believe we do it the right way we credit i mean sometimes it's the first fucking thing you see i don't even try to i don't even type like a my own caption i i essentially say hey this shot looks great from this person. That's how you fucking do it. So Jason B. Michael, as we say here, we speak your name. We appreciate your art. And yes, I'm still planning on mailing my Gomez head up to Canada so you can make it better. Mm-hmm. I just got to get off my lazy ass and figure out how much it's going to cost. There we go. So, all right? so there you go. There's my, there's my top one. Don't be a douchebag. All right. That's all I can say. I'm going to leave you. That's I'm going to leave good, everyone with that. Don't be a douchebag right. in life. That's a good life lesson. Yeah. Don't be a douchebag. So that's, that's the end of the top five. That's the end of the top one. And that's the end of the show, everybody. Yeah, and we're that brings some, us to the dance. That's right. It's dance time. We're getting some other people in here in the chat and talking about stolen work. We get it. We've all probably had something stolen, but it's time. I'm flapping my wings. You see me going, Nick, I'm taking off because it is time for the Star Wars Time Show dance. And that dance means all of you need to get your happy asses over to StarWarsTime.net right now. 
right out. Do it. Give us some cheap clicks. We need it. And while you're there, click on all of our shitty ads that Google puts on there. Uh, just kidding. We make zero money from this endeavor. We actually lose money. I can confirm that. I operate in the red running Star Wars Time show, which just confirms I'm an asshole, but an asshole that you should listen to with my partner, asshole, Nick. And you can do that by going to StarWarsTime.net. Get yourself subscribed to the podcast platform of your choice, either hitting the link in the top right or using the handy-dandy sidebar on your right with all the platforms. You see them. They're there. They want you. Spotify wants you. Pandora wants you. iHeart wants you. Hey, if you're a tech head, we even have the RSS feed for you to run through one of your burners. It's too easy to listen to the Star Wars Time show. So just do it. And if you're sitting there going, Matt, I already listen. I'm already subscribed. Guess what? That's not good enough. Create fake accounts. Subscribe with them. Tell your friends. Tell your little kids. Tell your dying grandparents. We need more fans on the platforms. We'll read your comments. Whatever we got to do. Please drop the ratings. Drop the reviews. If you're on YouTube, click on the thumbs up, have a comment, sub notifications. It is huge for the Star Wars Time Show movement, right? No money required. No money required yet. And besides, there's always time for Star Wars Time, so don't give me any of your shit. There is always time for this shit show that we call the Star Wars Time Show. And don't forget, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you. Always. <laughs>